Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Sustained effort and violence. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? It can be a total goat rodeo. Was that supposed to be funny? Cool, neat story. A fat, fat, stinky kind of dude that someone thought had a radio voice. What's wrong with my voice? (laughs) Doesn't seem like a real bad guy, but just a bit full of himself and sees himself as a huge radio personality. (laughs) Dominating the East Coast. He deaf looks fat and stinky. Aw. And is an absolute bozo. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, happy Friday to you. A free beer Friday here on Pirate Radio Live on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, we're on 1250-930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com. And watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And make sure you like Pirate Radio on Facebook and follow our page with all of our updates. You can watch the show every day on Facebook Live. And also on YouTube, uh, subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. And watch the program there along with the brian bailey show uh, a bunch of other goodies including ecu both baseball post-game press conferences with cliff godwin and the players so all there for you on youtube facebook be a part of the show chime in and uh we'll read your comments on today's program uh coming up on the show we'll talk to brian north set you up for a big sports weekend we'll talk a lot of basketball with brian little baseball as well he joins us coming up in about 20 minutes or so at the tail end of this hour we'll talk about what's going on in the golf world with greeny mark greenheld golf shop radio show he'll join us coming up later on in hour number one at four o'clock our weekly look around the nfl with tony dunn we do it during the season we do it during the off season and the nfl gives us enough talking points that you can go a full year talking nfl for an hour every week on a radio show uh we will talk combine there are some names shooting up the board one in particular malik willis washington's looking for a quarterback panthers might be as well could willis be the guy we'll see what we're talking about willis and uh also some cowboys news amari uh, cooper what about his future in dallas uh, or will he have a future with another team we'll talk about all that also talk about what's going on in panther land as well so a just a proposed i don't think it was a it's not a story or anything just kind of a fan proposed trade involving christian mccaffrey that i'll uh run by chan man and tony dunn coming up in hour number two Corey glore play-by-play voice for tulane will join us at five o'clock we'll talk about the green wave another win last night tulane has four different scenarios it's it's likely that tulane is going to get a bye in the first round of the AAC tournament. What a season they have had uh, in conference play. And uh, Ron Hunter's done a great job with that team. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk some Tulane baseball briefly as they have Mississippi State this weekend. And get to chat with our old friend Corey Glore coming up at 5 o'clock. That and more on the way. Plus, we'll have our giveaway, our Free Bear Friday giveaway in hour number three as well. Bud Light next is on the line today. We got a 12-pack for you, so stay tuned for that. You could be a winner of Bud Light next and a large two-topping pizza to Domino's. 
all right there's that shirley rhodes is here the chan man is here and i believe i saw content junkie roll in as well content junkie is he on, is he on is the in way. and out the door on the way to clark clark leclerc stadium ah. for the leclerc classic uh speaking of which chandler i have a job for you I, i'm on the basketball beat today i the in fact people some people were calling me big south big south so i'll have uh, updates on that uh, my job for you is to give me a score from Michigan and Maryland. That's going to be hard to do. <laughs> no, it's Chandler. Well, why would that be hard? To I do? mean, Shirley, do you already have it? I, you know what? You know, what? I'll do it. How about that? How about that? You just got to do everything. I'll do it. I'll you. do it live. Oh, I'm going to tell you. Well, you know what? I'm gonna got, no, no. I'm going to tell you. been no, Michigan listen, baseball li- in listen, the Twitter. Look, look, listen. What, Si? First of all, yeah. the game should be on ESPN+. Plus, and I can't find Michigan it Michigan beats Maryland 7-4. to four. There's your final score. Goodness gracious. I can't believe you legitimately said we were in such a good mood for today's show, too. And you just ruined oh now it. it's now it's ruined. That's going to be tough to do to find a score in 2022. I, I mean, I, I've been bars. Dude. I gave you. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> I gave you one extra. I can't. You can't stay mad with me. <laughs> you can't stay mad with me. Uh Chandler, come on, man. What if I just didn't want to do it? Just say that. Don't lie to me. Just say, Clip, I'm a, I'm doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I really am. I'm Just not doing tell anything. Just say, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> want, want to do it. it. Just say it's Friday. It's enough that I showed up to work, and that's all I'm giving you today. I just got senioritis, man. I hear you. You want to get out of here. Uh, Michigan beats Maryland 7-4 to four to open up the Keith LeClaire Classic. It is Cooch Day today, baby. Happy Cooch Day to those who celebrate. Uh, there's our... First score we're gonna give you gonna give you on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Uh another score to give you. The Big South tournament has been awesome. That might be coming to an end because Charleston Southern's already down ten to you uh to SC Upstate. Earlier today, North Carolina A and T they pulled off a uh, an upset the other day. Today, they took Longwood into overtime. For those that don't know, Longwood is now 24-6 and overall, 15-1. and They finished in the Big South regular season, and A&T gave them all they could handle, but then they dominated in overtime, 16-2. to Longwood outscored A&T, so it looks like a blowout on paper, but in reality, North Carolina A&T had two free throws with about 10 seconds left, Missed them both, and the game eventually goes into overtime. Longwood handles business from there, wins it 79 to 65. They go on to the Big South Semis. Earlier today in the Missouri Valley, Arch Madness, Northern Iowa, a winner over Illinois State 78 to 65 to advance in that tournament. Games uh, going on during this broadcast. Right now, uh, USC Upstate has a 20-10 lead over Charleston Southern, or Cinderella right now. Uh, Bradley takes on Loyola Chicago at 3.30 on the plus. The Citadel and East Tennessee State will play in the SOCON Southern Conference Tournament coming up at 5 o'clock. So we'll keep you up with uh, all the scores going on. Mini Madness right here on Pirate Radio Live, presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. All right. Got that out of the way. Um, 
Charlie Chandler, anything uh, before we get going here with the uh, the rundown you guys would like to get off your chest? Mm, let's see. I'll take that as a no. No. I'm trying to think. No, I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't got nothing. I'm a little worried, Chandler, that you may not have uh, – you're just not bringing anything to the table today. Ooh. I feel like you're, you're tapped. Ouch. Wow. You didn't want to find me a score. In fact, you said it would be hard for you to find a score in 2022, which is just a shocking thing to say. Uh, what is there uh, something called the internet or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, a my internet's down. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I'll just I'll take it from here. Have a good show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll ride so wow. <laughs> Yowzer. Uh, next thing I know, Chandler's going to act like the mics aren't working over there. And just be like, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do anything. Yeah, I can't do anything. All right. Uh, well, you know what? I guess I will uh, shoulder the weight for this one. All right. What do we got going on? We've got East Carolina baseball. Chandler did actually add something to the show. It's uh, Cooch Day. The breaking news boys have it. Uh, Jake Cooch Maynor will be on the mound for the Pirates today as they take on Indiana State. We will keep you up to date uh, on that one going on at Clark McClare Stadium along with the basketball Chandler, I don't believe a Saturday and Sunday starter have been named. It was just Cooch no, announced, right? No, but we talked about this yesterday with Steve and Igo about there was a potential change in the weekend rotation. He was right. He, he had a feeling that it would be Jake Cooch Manor. I think that was a lot of people's thoughts that Jake Cooch Manor would be moved to the Friday start. Um, I, I do remember Steve and Igo mentioning Jake Hunter be moved to Saturday. But the question is, is who would that Sunday starter be? I think there's a plenty of uh, names that you can throw out there. Carter Spivey, Nick Logos, who had just started on Tuesday against Duke, or Gross. Josh Gross, yeah. Uh, so, uh, kind of very excited to see who uh, will yeah. start tomorrow. We do know who will start today. It will be Jake Kuchmaner on the mound. And uh, so, I was kind of hoping to see Jake Kuchmaner on Sunday to play against Maryland, uh, who he actually played against last year in the regional, and then obviously that perfect game that he threw in 2019. So um, I would be excited tomorrow to see Jake Hunter, the freshman who's looked pretty good on the bump on Sunday so far this season, um, go tomorrow against Michigan. So, yeah. but, but you know, let's live in the present, and the uh, Pirates are taking on the Fighting Larry Birds, the Indiana State Sycamores. And on the bump for the Pirates, Jake Kuchmaner. All right, there you go, Chandler. Your presence is my present today on this Friday. <laughs> Let's see if Shirley's on her toes today. Steve Hill says, Clipper! Oh, I had to switch screens. Uh, Steve Hill says, Burgerly. Oh. A burgerly. A Steve says, Two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt cheeks. Steve says, Swinging dingers. Swinging dingers? Steve says, Total goat rodeo. It could be a total goat rodeo. Steve says, Steven Igloo. No. Steven Igloo. Uh, I think that's all we got. Well done, Shirley. Let's get to pumping. <laughs> <laughs> There's the new one. All right, that's my new favorite. That will be added to the open uh, at some point in the near future because Bryce Williams saying, let's get to pumping. Let's get to pumping. <laughs> is uh, that's, uh, that's Hall of Fame material there. Maybe first ballot. Oh. I don't know who he was trying to impersonate when he was talking. <laughs> I, say, I was going to get new tired today. Let's get to pumping. Let's get to pumping. John just, Moody, uh, Shirley. Yep. He says, safe. Oh, yeah, this one. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> we will be talking to Corey Glore coming up at 5 o'clock. 
are you do you have a bird brain like us and just enjoy sound clips uh if so get your request in and we'll play it for you hey. i don't like cocky clip okay well i'm not being cocky <laughs> fair Stop weather idiot me, like don't do that don't do that fair weather idiot <laughs> I'm going to start naming ones that Charlie's going to have to look up. Oh, that's going to be so I'm going to hate you so much. Hey, I tell you what, the weather is perfect today, though, for this baseball game. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Steve Hill says, family. Family. I love how you say, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because they're they're strategically placed on my computer screen, so sometimes it takes me just a half second to find them. This is almost like, it's not like an IQ test, it's like a cognitive test for Shirley to make sure her brain's still firing. You know how, I gotta say you're doing uh, a good you, job. You know, like the hearing test, you know, when you hear the beat, and you, <laughs> yeah. have, to, you have to figure out which hand <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to write. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. John Moody says, last one, and it's a throwback. Taco meat on my chest. Uh, oh my god, see, I'd have to find that. Alright, John, I we don't will know do what that. that. What is so that? So that is Daquan Barnes, I want to yeah. Yes. was the player and he had the nickname taco and uh we asked him why is your nickname taco and he said because they say i got a little taco meat on my chest <laughs> yeah because he had it. these little these little curly hairs on his chest and coach ruff They're said like oh you beef. look like taco it looks like taco meat on your chest <laughs> he's got a little ground beef on his chest on his chest <laughs> and i think Co- taco seasoning on there too yeah so i think it was either coach ruff said it first or uh, the players said it, and then coach repeated it. Kevin uh, wants to hear Jeff Charles say Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, I have to find right, that for again. For whatever reason, we don't. We got to save that because no, we do. We have it. It's just because it was part of an interview. No, but we got to have, it, have I, it. I know. I didn't lift the the one particular part. Ric Flair. Woo. <laughs> Ric Flair. Uh, Susan Dean says hashtag Fire Matt Rule. Shocking. Uh, we don't shocking. have a sound effect for that. No, we don't have that. Maybe we should get Tony saying that. We do have a Panthers sounder, Shirley, that no. I might have to pull between now and when Tony Dunn gets here. No, so anytime not we, that one. Or we could just do it we live. We could just do it right now. Ready, go. You see what I put up with, folks? Yeah. We're in a mood. We're in a Friday <laughs> mood today, uh, apparently. Uh, do we have a? Have y'all been in the beer already? I uh, have not, Maybe but we not. are giving away some Bud Light next. Next, coming up later on in today's show, you can be a winner. Do we have a lineup for the game today, Chandler? Sorry, I asked. I don't. Ah, that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be tough. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be really tough. I think we might have created a new running gag for the show. Me asking Chandler something and Chandler saying, you know what? That's going to be tough. That's going to that's, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> Chandler, can you? Let me check Hoist the Colors because they usually put out a lineup right before the first pitch. Man, this is so tough right here. <laughs> My fingers hurt from typing hoist the colors. ECU Baseball has not put out anything yet. Hey, we got man on the scene, content junkie. Content junkie. Maybe we should ask junkie to get Te- us some. Text him and tell him we need the lineup. We need a lineup and we need it stat so we can stat. get that out to our people. Stat. 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 stat to consider. You know, a statistic is a, a, a stat you can look at. Oh, yes, of course. Um, hold on just one second. The stats, of course, uh, is a statistic you can look at. Thank you, Brian Bailey, mm-hmm. for that. All right, so... No lineup on Hoist the Colors. Did you be quiet, please? Thank There's you. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. That was for Kevin out there listening. Oh, sorry. And, uh, whoops. Because <laughs> I 
Whoops. <laughs> that was I a, hit the wrong one. <laughs> by the way, whoops is a sound effect. Shirley, drink your drink and play whoops to prove oh, to okay. the people. Whoops. Wow, you're like a ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. That was very <laughs> impressive. How Just did, call me Jeff Dunham. How does she do that? Uh, we'll, we'll find taco meat during the break. I will make that my... It's going to be tough to do, Chandler, but I think we can do it. John Moody wants to be in a good moody on this Friday. John Moody wants to hear a uh, the Brian Bailey laugh, Shirley, if you can find that one, oh, too. Oh, that is right over here. Yeah. Um... Just bringing smiles to people's faces here. Oh, bless you, Bailey. That was that was Bailey sneezing. That was a hearty sneeze uh, from Double B. All right, we have worn out the uh, soundboard. Our soundboard is smoking right now with all the. Uh, Let's get to pumping. <laughs> that might be. I just like to throw that in randomly because it's so random that it has to be placed and randomly. So far, it's about 17 for 17 on making me chuckle every time I hear it. I can't. <laughs> I got to be honest. It makes me smile. It makes me laugh. Do we have time to guess a lineup or would that be too tough? I, you know, Chandler, I'm going to use a, a line from my friend Chandler and say, that's going to be tough. That's, that might be too tough to yeah. do. Uh, we'll have one for you shortly. East Carolina playing Indiana State. Uh, by the way, big result last night. Um, Cincinnati lost to SMU in basketball. Oh, did they? You know what that means? If East Carolina beats Wichita State Saturday, and maybe the toughest place to play, but a very down Wichita State team, East Carolina would be the seventh seed in the AAC tournament. Why is that important, you ask? Well, I will tell you why. A... It would put you facing Tulsa or South Florida in the first round. East Carolina, 4-0 and combined against those teams this year. Tough to beat a team three times in the same season, yada, yada, all that. But it would certainly give you an easier opponent than what the Pirates would be facing uh, if they are in that 8-9 game. Secondly, if you want to look ahead, it would get them away from Houston until the AAC championship. So we don't want to see Houston. We'd rather see a much more favorable round two opponent. And if East Carolina's on that seven side, seven ten game, it would certainly do that. So this is an important game coming up for East Carolina on Saturday. Win and your dreams of Win and you're in? No. Win and you're in the seventh seed. Win and you're in a conversation about making a run in the tournament. And Chandler, for us, next Thursday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're going to mm-hmm. do a watch-along. We're either going to be doing that at 1 o'clock before Pirate Radio Live, if they're in the 8-9 game, or during Pirate Radio Live, basically, at 3.30, uh, if they're in the 7-10 game. So either way, we'll be with you Thursday afternoon watching East Carolina. All right. Um, you know what, Shirley? This is kind of fun, too. What's that? I'd forgotten where let me ask you. Okay. Top of your head. First thing why what when you say two little butt cheeks, what are you talking about? Oh, two little butt cheeks is a W. And it came from the, the March Madness. The brackets. The brackets Do you remember the team? Yes. I, it, Iowa. It was Iowa and Iona. Iona yep. And because Iowa was also in the same it was either the same region or same side of the bracket. Yeah. And Troy had put Iowa. I, no, um, Iona. 
He either put Iona or Iowa. It was one or the other, yeah. and I did not count the point, and he got upset because he said he meant the other team, I, and I said no because it was not written pro- clearly. I totally forgot. Nope. Didn't know what I meant. Nope. Did not know what you mean. You pulled a I am not. A, I am not a mind reader. Uh, I totally forgot that that was tournament related until Redbeard reminded me. Uh, he says it's almost time for the March Madness greatest soundbite: two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt I, cheeks. So when you are writing out your bracket this year, folks, remember if you're writing a W, you're writing two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt I, cheeks. There you go. Uh, just a, a little PSA from your friends here at Pirate Radio. Right now, USC Upstate is beating Charleston Southern twenty-four fourteen in the Big South quarterfinal update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Da Bucks are hoping that uh, this score will change because Charleston Southern is the Buccaneers, right? Uh, We will take a timeout. Well done. Come back when we return. Brian North joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line to get you ready for a packed sports weekend. We'll talk to North when we return here on a Friday, a free beer Friday. Bud Light next on the line in hour number three of today's show. I think we already got folks calling their shots on social media, so good luck with that. Also, we'll see if we can track down the taco meat sound effect uh, when we return after this. Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Uh, Vacation spots are right here in your very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, we got a lineup. We'll run it down real quick for ECU and Indiana State leading off in center field. Bryson Worrell, Lane Hoover hitting second in left field. The DH is Jacob Jenkins Cowart. Cleanup man, Alec Makarevich playing third base today. Carter Cunningham will be batting fifth in right field. Ryder Giles sixth in the lineup at shortstop. Ben Newton, the catcher today for East Carolina, hitting seventh. Josh Moylan at first hitting eighth, and Zach Agnos will round out the lineup playing second base today. On the mound, the lefty Jake Kuchmaner throwing against the Sycamores of Indiana State. Talk a little baseball, talk a lot of hoops with Brian North, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line here on a free beer Friday. North, how you doing today, man? We are doing great, except uh, that I just put gas in my car. Mm. I'm a little depressed, so I could use some of those... um, non-expired uh pirate radio gift certificates to get me through some tough times here if you have any sitting around <laughs> give you 10 4 we'll, i'll get those right out to you um and yeah i guess it's a good thing you're not burning up the back roads as much as you once were now that you're yeah. on your morning duties because uh those going around covering different high schools and, and games could cost you a pretty penny uh these days <laughs> 
we went through this in what 2008 or 2013 14 and you know a lot of things got changed because of it you know the high school started changing their playoffs and going to pods hmm. to uh, reduce travel for teams didn't work out very well but the, the idea was that we were changing the way we did things based on the economics of gasoline at the time and and we could start seeing similar things happening here if we don't get this stuff under control soon. Well, I guess uh, sending Kinston and Farmville to Sanford is not one of those things, right? <laughs> yeah. Look, I know Bertie girls and the Wilson Prep boys and girls, I mean, it's nice for them. They the smaller schools and they have a shorter trip. But when you have two schools located within 30 miles, three schools located within 30 miles, and now you make them all travel to Sanford, which St. Paul's is lucky because that's not far from where they are now. But uh, one of the three, uh, one of the four schools there doesn't have to travel very far instead of the other way around. It just seems a little backwards. But maybe they're taking into account that they've had issues with the Kinston Farmville games the past couple times they played. There've been fights at stands. Maybe they took that into account. I don't think so. I just think it's typical NCHSAA uh, messing things up here and then messing up a golden opportunity. But it is what it is, and. If you really care, you'll be traveling to Sanford, and uh, the Farmville Central folks have a have a lot going on with their teams, and Kinston always uh, travels well when, when their teams are contention for a state title. So that'll be a lot of fun between those squads. Brian, I asked uh, noted area sports expert Brian Bailey about this earlier this week. I'll ask another expert now. You know, is anybody getting Farmville this year? And he says he thinks Kinston could do it. I guess you never – if we're talking basketball, never say Kinston can't do anything uh, because of the the history and what they have. But how about this year? I mean, do you think Farmville Central uh, is the you know are anybody touching them? Anybody touching the Jags this year? Yeah, not out of the East. I don't think. I, I'm not sure what's coming out of the West this year. This yeah. is not the most talented Farmville Central team, but Larry Williford's on record saying this is the best practicing team he's ever had, and that's saying something for a guy who's had four state championships under his belt, some really good players and guys who have loved the game. So uh, this is a team that is apparently fun to coach, and they do have athletes. Josh Short is really good and having a great year, and they've got a freshman point guard who's really good. So the talent is there, and then you get really good talent that wants to practice and play hard. That, to me, is always better than talent that doesn't want to work hard. So uh, they already beat Kingston once this year, 61-45, in a game that was shortened because of a fight in the fourth quarter between the fans and – and I'm just not sure, Kinson, they have a, a really good multi-purpose player, and, but this isn't the most talented Kinson team I've ever seen either. So I think it would be a real upset if Kinson was able to beat Farmville Central and the boys. And I think girls-wise, the Farmville girls are, are the third seed. St. Paul's is the one seed. But uh, that team is loaded with uh, Journey McDaniel and, and Amaya Joyner, who's headed to ECU. And, mm. and I, I, would, I would think it would be an upset if the – the one seed actually beat the three seed, which is weird to say until it comes to the NCHSAA and the way they seed things. Brian North joining us. Brian, this is it's neat because it's kind of the way sports used to be in college sports, especially not that long ago. Where I remember a couple of years ago being at the Eastern Final in Minji's watching Farmville Central, and people who know the team were telling me. Hey, that, you see that guy on the bench? He's a freshman. He, he's going to be really good. And you got this guy not even making the, the lineup this year, not even being in the eight-man rotation who's three years from now is going to be a star. I mean, it's all you almost get to see the future 
uh, as you're watching these guys play, they stick together. Now, I guess, Brian, you've seen a number of times where if you're really good, you'll go to a prep school and get your name out there more. But more times than not, these uh, these high school teams like Farmville Central especially, uh, you're able to see what they're going to be at two, three years down the road. And we used to do that with college athletics. We can't do that anymore with the transfer portal. But it's nice to see that that still exists somewhere. And it's interesting in Pitt County. Now, you'll have your skeptics who say, well, there's open enrollment in Pitt County. Oh, yeah. If you're a good basketball player, you can go to Farmville Central. And we've seen a lot of kids do that. We've seen uh, through the years a couple kids from Aiden Griffin South Central uh, and even North Pitt who have made the commute to go to Farmville Central mm. as a part of that basketball program. But they've got it going. No matter what it is, Larry Williford and the Jaguars have it going on because they've had undefeated JV teams and junior high teams, and there's no end in sight. I mean, <laughs> the pipeline is going on for whatever reason it's going on right now in Farmville, and, and this won't be the end of the line by any means, no matter what happens this year. I know I've asked, uh, I probably asked you this before, Brian. Do you think Larry Williford, like, what, what do you think his ultimate goal is? Do you think he tries to move on to. I don't know, another high school, uh, go to the college level? Uh, or do you think he just wins championships from yeah. here till the end of time at Farmville Central? Well, you know, I, Larry and I talk quite a bit. And, you know, we're of similar age, and we both have young kids. Larry's got some older kids as well, but he's got some younger kids. And, and really all he wants to do is coach basketball. You know, he tried the college thing. He was at East yeah. for a while. And then he found a niche in Farmville. And I think all that any coach wants, you get to a point in your life, and you say, okay, if I'm not going to go coach at this elite level of college or go to the pros or something, where do I want to be? I want to be at a place where I can have fun, coach good basketball players, let me do what I want to do, and just stack wins and championships. I think Larry is very happy right now at Farmville Central. It's not that it's the perfect job, and it's not that he couldn't be enticed to go somewhere. I just don't think at this point in his career he's looking to go somewhere because he has such a good thing going on, and he's really enjoying coaching basketball and molding young men who, look, we know Farmville Central and the, and the western part of Pitt County, is yeah, they've had their struggles in their communities and um, having guys go to the next level and, and some of those things. And I think he's enjoying kind of molding and sending these guys off as better young men now at college. So uh, in our talks, he has never said he is itching by any means. Right. So it would have to be, somebody would have to go after him with a pretty good offer to get him to leave, which could be done. I just don't think he's looking for that opportunity himself. 10-4. Brian North joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Brian, final weekend of regular season action. You got some conference tournaments going on. Really enjoyed watching the Big South tournaments and Atlantic Sun tournaments earlier this week. And uh, Sun Belt, we got all kinds of hoops going on. Final regular season game, final North Carolina-Duke matchup for Mike Krzyzewski. How about personally, Brian, what have your – uh, interactions been like with Coach K during his career and uh, and your career reporting? Yeah, you know, I've covered, I've been to Cameron Indoor, I've I've uh, had interviews with Coach K, and I've always said this, he, he's never a great guy for your quick 7 to 10 second soundbite we like for our newscast, right? He's never the guy that succinctly wraps something up. He is very um, deliberate and um, long-winded in his thoughts. Mm-hmm. You just want to sit the guy, sit there and ask the guy a question he gives you thoughtful, pontificated answers with with really good things that make you think. I always enjoyed, in the older days of going to the ACC tournament, you would always have the open practices, and then the coaches and players would be available for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour, and you just do a, what we call a gaggle around them. I can remember sitting there talking and interviewing Coach K, and he would look you right in the eye, and he would 
you know, if the question was stupid, he'd give you that your stupid look, but I'll answer it anyways. Or if it was a good question, he would just stare and, and, and think about it and pontificate and, and come up with a really good answer that would never fit in the soundbite hole that you wanted. But when you got done, you were a smarter guy from ask, for having asked Coach K questions. And so I always appreciated his on-court uh, intensity. I always thought his humor was underappreciated. I always hmm. think he had a pretty good sense of humor when you could get him in those situations. I know he's vacationed at the beach a whole lot. When somebody commits to a place for 40-something years and builds it into a program like he has, you know, look at Larry Williford. If you take that Larry Williford thing and transfer it to a bigger level at Duke, what Coach K has done there. But I always enjoyed my interaction. Doesn't mean he wouldn't correct you when you were wrong. Doesn't mean he was easily available for you to get interviews with. But I always enjoyed the times I was able to to ask him questions or get those rare one-on-one opportunities. I would see him at high school basketball games recruiting. It was rare, but when he was recruiting Brandon Ingram, he could always go up and shake his hand and say hi and just you know shoot the breeze for a little bit. But um, no, I, it's it's I don't know if we'll see this again at this level of basketball. Someone at the same place for forty plus years, yeah, breaking records, winning national championships, adapting their style from when they started, and a guy that probably wouldn't even make it four years now with the, with the record he had at the time, but adapted his style to build that program and then has adapted with the times, going with all four-year guys to two-year guys to one-and-dones and winning championships in each era and decade. It's pretty remarkable when you sit and, and take in the scope of the whole thing. Yeah, and, and good thoughts there, Brian. And, and it was kind of like seeing a unicorn in eastern North Carolina if you saw him here, right, unless it was at the beach because – was it Brandon Ingram who was like his first player east of 95 he recruited to Duke? Not necessarily recruited. He recruited Stackhouse and a couple others, but they were known that they were going to go to Carolina. That's where they wanted to go. But he did not recruit a lot of guys from eastern yeah. North Carolina. He recruited more nationally guys that fit the mold of what he wanted, both academically and athletically. But So it was rare for him to go after guys. And so to get Brandon was pretty cool. Um, you know, Brandon broke the mold of the Kinston to UNC thing. Yeah. And so I saw, I saw Coach at a few games. I, I, you know, Roy Williams, and I saw more than anybody just because that's what Roy did. And I used to see Mark Gottfried at certain places, you know, coming in on his, on his uh, probably illegally purchased uh, helicopter. Well, you used to see him at those seedy places you would hang out late night, right, Brian? <laughs> Sorry. No comment, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember when he was recruiting Bam out of bio, and, uh, you know, he would fly into the north side of Beaufort County, and, um, you know, it was always interesting when, uh, how he would how he would come into the games and stuff. But, but no, you would see Coach K at some of those things, but it, it, if you saw Coach K, it was almost a done deal. I don't think he wanted to waste his time begging kids. Yeah. He had to know they were going before he would get fully committed to show up to your games. Yeah. When you say done deal and Bam out of bio, I think about that picture of – Calipari and Adebayo sitting on a golf cart shaking hands, and I'm like, yeah, this one's over. Um, as far as we'll tell, one day we'll tell some of those stories uh, about some well, of the recruiting and some of those guys, including Bam. Well, here's a here's one for you, Brian. And we're kind of getting off topic here, but I'm I'm fascinated by that you mentioned Brandon Ingram kind of breaking the Kinston to UNC connection. Well, why was that? Was he, he just wanted to be his own guy? Well, you know, why didn't he not end up in Chapel Hill like? those other guys and end up in Durham for a year instead? It depends on who you talk to. Brandon never hinted to us when going through the recruiting process that he was uh, Duke was his favorite school. 
But when he signed or when he verbally committed, he said he grew up a Duke fan, and none of us ever saw that before. Huh. It's not like he was wearing Duke garb everywhere. Right. But he claims he grew up a Duke fan, and he always liked to be somebody who was just a little bit different and didn't follow right. everyone else. So he played for Jerry on his AAU team. You know, he, he knew Reggie Bullock, and Reggie played with Raymond's older brother, Bo. So, you know, he knew all those UNC things. I used to see him at UNC games, uh, but he just wanted to carve out his own path and went, Duke made that offer and and uh, told him he could be a one and done and still have a big impact. I think that kind of sold him and his family that that was the place to go and and to be just a little bit different than everybody else who, who went through. Yeah, good stuff. Couple questions here, Brian. I think one answer is easier than the other, but I'll, I'll get your take on them both. When we look at the ACC tournament and the AAC tournament, I'll give you Duke versus the field in the ACC tournament, and I'll give you Houston versus the field in the American tournament. Uh, what what side are you going to be on on those two propositions? You know, my initial thought would be Houston, but the way Duke has been playing and getting better in the whole Coach K factor, the only thing I'm not sure of is, will there be a letdown after this big emotional buildup for Saturday? Right. Will there be some kind of, okay, now it's over? You know, I've even heard people slip up on the radio and TV saying this is the last game of his coaching career. I'm like, no, no, there's this, you know, a couple more tournaments. <laughs> that he needs to get involved in here. And so you just wonder, how does a younger team deal with that? They are playing their best basketball of the season now after their their hiatus in early January. So, um, And I don't know anybody else in the ACC who's playing that great where I would say, look, upsets are going to happen, and I think we're going to see a ton of upsets in the next couple of weeks when it comes to this tournament format. But I don't know. I don't know who that would be right now in the ACC tournament. Who's playing that hot? Virginia Tech, maybe. But who's playing hot enough to go in there and beat them at this point? Going to be a fun weekend, and man, a, a fun month. The madness is here, and uh, we'll be enjoying it here. You can hear the uh, tournament here on Pirate Radio. Uh, a reason I get a couple of days off coming up in a couple of weeks, Brian, is we'll have wall-to-wall coverage Thursday, Friday. That first Thursday, Friday of the NCAA tournament right here on pirate radio hoping are those paid days off oh absolutely oh absolutely love it great contract got a great agent (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh hopefully east carolina's playing next week uh on this friday that would mean they won their first tournament game they got the regular season finale against wichita so last night brian cincinnati loses to smu that means east carolina with a win against wichita state can slide into the seven line and uh, that's important for multiple reasons a your first round matchup would be Tulsa or USF, who he's used four and zero against those teams this year. And then B, if you're thinking a little longer term, you avoid Houston in round two and play a much more winnable game. So East Carolina is playing for a lot all of a sudden here on Saturday when they face these Shockers for the first time this year. And then they're right around the 500 mark. What's their overall record? They have a chance for. A win. They have guaranteed a, a winning record regular season, Brian. And I think with the win against Wichita State, will guarantee it um, regardless of what happens in the tournament. Right. Well, well, there you go, and, and and that's not something that happens a lot around uh, yeah. CU. I mean, I. I don't. Is it double-digit seasons of winning records yet? I mean, I know it's not very many. The number Jeff Charles keeps throwing out is two in the last twenty-five years. So yeah, yeah, yeah gosh, uh, the CTE was well, CTI. What was that? What was that champion? CI <laughs> uh, College Insiders. The yeah. championship in there somewhere. So well, the, yeah, I think they've given us CTE over the years watching <laughs> ECU basketball, but the CIT is uh, the one where Akeem Richmond drilled that three at the end. Yeah. So you can always hold on to that, I guess. So, 
so, yeah, look, even just getting a winning record or something, you could just hang a little bit of a hat on when it yeah. comes to recruiting and you're building something. And I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but, you know, you you got to walk before you run. So um, for Joe Dooley, that'd be a little bit of a feather in his cap just showing that they're heading in the right direction. So, yeah, I think it's important. It's been very few uh, March games that mean something in yeah. your history. So, uh, Really, the only uh, bright spot in, in my lifetime was, I believe, knocking off your Dukes, right, to win the CAA championship in 93? Yeah, and that was a, with a losing record. You know, yeah. AMU was loaded that year, and that's why that one was such a shock. And that was, to give you the other side of the story, you know, JMU had hired Lefty Drizelle, and he was supposed to build them into this contender, kind of like, he was supposed to do it Maryland, but he could never win the big game was the knock that was on him. And so here they are with this great team in 93, and then they lose to a team with a losing record in the championship game. Now, the next year they come back, and Kent Coluco drills a three-pointer in the quarter, and they beat Odell Hodge and Old Dominion mm. in the NCAA tournament. But they've only been a couple of times as well. So it's not like they ever got that great tradition, and then Lefty was ended up uh, – they let him go um, in 98, 97, 98, somewhere around there. So um, – so they've struggled there, but, uh, but for ECU, yeah, that's their shining moment. But that was that was just kind of a needle in the haystack of a rough season. Yeah, um, to put a great season together that ends in an NCAA tournament that's that's a unicorn in, in Greenville. No doubt, I'll be uh, watching the hoops Saturday while I am at Clark LeClaire Stadium, Brian. It's the Keith LeClaire Classic coming up this weekend. Pirates got Indiana State today, and then Michigan Maryland to wrap up the weekend. Great field, and uh, should be some good baseball going on in Greenville. Pirates have won two in a row. Brian wins over North Carolina and Duke coming into today. Yeah, and we'll see what they can do this weekend. And uh, really excited about the Michigan game with the Keith LeClaire connection. I think this is. Um, uh, uh is Eric Backage's first game back in the area. I don't know even know if he's been at Clark LeClaire Stadium since they built it. And then he's got Nick Schnabel there as well. I think they both wear number 23. So there'll be a lot of cool 23s on the field as well. So I like the symbolic historical thing of, of having Michigan back there. And, yeah. and uh, So that'll be a neat weekend at the Clark LeClaire uh, Classic. Brian North joining us today. Enjoyed it as always. North, hope you and the fam have a great weekend. What you guys got planned? Yeah. God, another three-year-old birthday party. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I warned you about this, that, like, birthday parties is another thing when you're, uh, you're, you got a young kid. that, that It seems like they never end. It's just every week. It's every week there's something going on. Yeah. And, you know, even with the COVID, I keep trying to tell them we're still in a pandemic. I <laughs> go and exchange Petri dish snot with all these other things. You know, it would be great, a Zoom party. That sounds like fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> just throw them in a room and you can go do what you want but nah yeah uh, yeah we did the trampoline part sawyer's trampoline part or oh part. cool yeah oh that was great i yeah. came out of there with no injuries thank god this time <laughs> uh for three-year-olds man that was like uh it had to be <laughs> brian does parenting like he's a coach so we do post game so how'd the party go well we came out of there unscathed no injuries everybody's healthy <laughs> everything in my life is based on sports including raising my kids and i'm michael jordan the heck out of my kids so how are the kids today hey they're healthy they're good they're good for dinner everybody's fine yeah uh, yeah i'm trying, looking to upgrade though the one-year-old's just not walking running quite right uh -oh. are you putting her in the portal 
<laughs> we may put her in the portal. But I keep telling the older one, I'm going, I'm Michael Jordan, you. The little one's better than you. You need to step up your game. So I'm always like challenging them doing that. There we go. The other one's better than the other one to, to make them. They'll either react or they'll be in therapy, one of the two. So. Oh, man. Uh, some great fights in the future coming up in the North household. That's good stuff. Brian, uh, thanks for joining us, bud. Have a good weekend. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good, Clippy. Enjoy your weekend, brother. Thank you, Brian. Brian North joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. We found the taco meat soundbite and the Jeff Charles Ric Flair soundbite. Also, we got to talk to Greeny, Mark Greenhelge. And I believe when we return, we're going to check in live at the jungle and talk to former Pirate pitcher Matt Bridges. So we got a lot to do. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Reset. Back with you. A lot to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back and uh if you're looking for uh beer for the weekend the jarvis street bottle shop near christie's euro pub is a specialty shop selling craft beers along with domestic and import brews, along with wine and growlers as well. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings. They also feature rotating North Carolina craft breweries, and they have live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, busy hour number one. We'll chat with Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, coming up in just a few minutes. But our Jenny Shelton was out in the jungle and ran into uh, some former Pirate greats uh, on the mound for East Carolina who are at the game today getting ready to see ECU in the Clark LeClaire, uh, Keith LeClaire Classic taking on Indiana State at 430 uh cam colmore was out there smitty tyler smith and matt bridges and bridges joins us now on pirate radio live matt appreciate your time how you doing today man doing well how about you guys doing great first of all matt how strange is it to be hanging out there and not loosening up that arm right now how how weird is that for you it's definitely a little different uh i'm definitely enjoying it and seeing everybody out here and seeing what pirate nation's all about uh this place is special and uh, it's glad to be back in greenville have you been back, Matt, uh, to a game so far this year, or is this your first? This is my first game of the year. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a great welcoming, and I'm looking forward to a great weekend. And, man, Matt, you got to be happy with how this bullpen and this pitching staff as a whole has looked so far. Jake Kuchmaner's a, a tough luck 0-2 right now. He's had two good performances and is hoping for another one today. And, man, that bullpen, guys stepping up like Carter Spivey, uh, Logish grows. Uh, of course, we know about C.J. Mayhew, Skylar Brooks closing out the North Carolina game. Uh, when you and, and Cam left, it was like, all right, who's stepping up? Well, early this season, we've uh, we've seen some guys do that. Oh, definitely, it's it's been fun to watch. Uh, Cam and I, we live together down in Georgia, and we haven't missed a game yet. So it's uh, it's fun to see guys step up in big roles and uh, and i know they're going to do sp- really special things this year matt i remember talking to you after last season you said you thought that you and cam might be going into the uh the same business so tell everybody what you're doing what are you up to these days 
Oh, Cam and I work for Grover Ga- or Vanilla Games, uh, the Norcross office down in Georgia. Um, and Tyler Smith works as well. We work uh, all together for the same company, and he's fortunate <laughs> enough to be in Greenville and catch all his games. But it's uh, it's fun to get back. We're all here together this weekend, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. Uh, the 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 staff can stay together uh, in the uh, the business world. Uh, Matt, what's on the the pregame menu? I'm sure you've uh, you've found some tailgates out there. So, what's the uh, the food situation look like for you? Well, you know the uh, the guys got the burgers and and brats out here roasting under the tents, and uh, it, it's been going good for us so far. <laughs> the belly's full. Good deal, good deal. Uh, we're going to see the 23 jerseys on display today, Matt. Special time for the East Carolina baseball family. I talked to Audrey LeClaire, daughter of Keith LeClaire, yesterday on the show about how special this weekend is. And you pitched in a lot of these, Matt. You'll be able to witness it today. So what does that, that mean to you? And I know Cliff Godwin has instilled uh, the, the Keith LeClaire legacy into all his players, including yourself. So what does this weekend mean for you and, and ECU baseball? It's a special event, you know, coming into East Carolina, you learn about Keith LeClaire's legacy here and um, Coach G and all that he has to share with us when, when playing for him. And uh, really just just diving into that, it's a special weekend for the LeClaire family to come back and um, Audrey and to come back and throw the first pitch out and open the night and uh, really, really just dives into what EC baseball is all about. Um, it's, it's a special time and we look forward to it every year to put on that 23 jersey. Matt Bridges joining us. Matt, uh, really appreciate your, your time today, man. Great to talk with you. Uh, you hanging out this weekend? I'll be out there Saturday, Sunday. How long are you hanging out this weekend? I'll be here all weekend, so all right. looking forward to it. All right. We'll see you out there, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Tell Smitty and Cam I said hello, and uh, thanks for joining us today, bud. Well, dude, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, there he is. Matt Bridges, former pirate pitcher, and I don't know who that what's up was from. It's uh, maybe Cam, maybe Smitty. Smitty's in Greenville. We'll have to get him in studio one day, talk some pirate baseball here on Pirate Radio Live. All right, switching gears now. We'll wrap up the segment with Mark Greenheld's Golf Shop Radio Show. Greeny, appreciate you working with us on uh, time today. We've been a little off, but thanks for joining us today. How you doing, man? No worries. Doing great. How are you doing today? Doing good. We had to push back your, your tea time a bit, but that happens, right? So, uh, appreciate you working with us. Get a penalty. <laughs> Greeny, uh, let's talk about what's going on in the golf world. And and first of all, the uh, Molly brought this up yesterday. The, uh, the award, the payment that Tiger Woods just won. I remember talking to you about this in the past, this uh, player impact program. And you said, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Well, it, it like it, it went to the biggest names and the the most the richest names in golf, right? It, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson were up there at the top. Tiger wins. I saw uh, Tiger's son Charlie chime in and talk about how he helped with the popularity. So he told Tiger to Venmo his account. So I don't know. What did you think about this uh, this uh, performance uh, pay that Tiger gets uh, along with all the other millions he's made over the years? Well, it's funny because. We had all thought that Phil Mickelson won because Phil had, uh, on his Twitter account, said that uh, he wanted to thank everybody for helping him win. And then uh, we got this, the Tiger tweet this week that just said, whoops, with the you know yeah. the shrugging person. So that was funny. So Tiger may have won 2022 with that one tweet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, what it's designed to do is to, I mean, yeah, it ended up going to some guys that already make a lot of money, but it's designed to 
be the really for the influencers of the game, the people that uh, you know get their name out there, use social media. There was a lot of different factors that went into it. I think there was like five or six different rankings based on like Nielsen rankings and some social media rankings and all this, that, and the other thing. And I really think Tiger. Tiger basically won because, you know, he put that one golf swing out when we were all waiting to see what oh, yeah. happened with Tiger. You know, he hits one wedge shot and probably <laughs> won it right there. That's a good so, point. Yeah, uh, yeah. so so all of that, I mean, him playing in the PNC with, with Charlie probably had a lot to do with it and um, and probably actually pushed him in front of Phil from that standpoint. But, you know, and, and that's what it's really designed to do. It's designed to, um, you know, get these guys out there, get them battling for that money. Some will do it, some won't. And, uh, you know, it, it's probably, you're probably going to maintain of seeing, you know, Tiger and you would have seen Phil until his, uh, you know, put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, but you'll see Brooks Kepka, you'll see Bryson DeChambeau, and you'll see those guys who have all, you know, who have been the ones that have used social media the best. They'll continue to do well with that. Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Greeny, if I recall, uh, last year when we first started talking to you, you said you first really start to pay attention to the PGA Tour when it gets back to the East Coast and and really the Arnold Palmer um, Classic here in Florida. So uh, you're paying attention this weekend. What, what are you keeping an eye on in this tournament going on? Weather. Uh, it is absolutely gorgeous in Orlando. There is no wind to speak about. Uh, the rough is way up on this uh, on Bay Hill this week. So, you know, you're looking for guys to, to have to hit fairways, maybe to back off a little bit to hit fairways. I mean, you, you see guys that have hit it in the rough, and they're having in, in trouble advancing the ball uh, towards the green. A lot of times they're just kind of hacking it out and, and hoping to get it up and down for par at that point. So that's what we're doing right now. And uh, really warm weather down there. So what you're going to start to see, too, is the greens are going to bake out. The golf course is going to bake out. It's going to get firm and fast. So you're going to get lots of rough to get no spin out of and greens that don't hold. So it could get kind of dicey Saturday and Sunday. Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us and, and Greeny based there in Charlotte. And, uh, man, a ton going on in Charlotte sports this weekend. Uh, the Hornets are in action tomorrow night at home against the Spurs. Uh, Charlotte coming off a win. You've got the new MLS team hosting a game that could be the biggest crowd in MLS history. At least that's what they're saying leading up to the game. Got that going on. And I got to tell you, Greeny, I've really enjoyed watching the Big South Tournament here uh, while we're at work in the Pirate Radio studio. There's been some great games in that tournament. Uh, USC Upstate right now looks like they're taking care of business against Charleston Southern. But, man, there's a ton of uh, great sports going on right now in your city. Yeah, you know, the Hornets are trying to hang on for dear life to at least secure themselves a play-in tournament spot to to get into the playoffs. So you got that going. You kind of don't know what you're going to get from them night to night. I mean, obviously they can score a lot of points defensively. They've had their moments where they've played good defense and other games where they haven't played good defense at all. So, you know, I don't know. You kind of see them making their way in and then maybe losing that, that game to not make it through. But um, the MLS game, yeah, it's the shiny new thing here in Charlotte. So we're going to pack uh, Bank of America Stadium to, uh, I, I guess this is why David Tepper put in the the, uh, the AstroTurf or yeah. whatever, the athletic turf and took out the grass. So um, it, it'll be a great sight. Uh, but obviously we know that uh, anything shiny and new in the Charlotte area needs to win in order for it to sustain. So we'll see if that team can uh, – get a win in their first home game and uh, maybe score some goals and get some excitement going. But, you know, soccer is one of the, if not the most watched sport worldwide. So uh, why not throw one here, right? 
Mark Greenelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Greeny, what do you guys have coming up 8 to 10 a.m. Saturday morning uh, on the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we've got a lot going on. We're going to check in with our man, Bill Bender, the Sporting News. We've got uh, Spencer Hadelman. He uh, owns a company called Talon Golf that kind of provides you a lot of things, whether it's gloves, towels, uh, hoodies, T-shirts, all kinds of fun stuff. So we'll kind of talk to him about – you know how, how the jump in, uh, in in the game and the amount of people playing the game has benefited from the pandemic. Then we're going to check in on the Players Championship with the Executive Director Jared Rice. So that's a big event coming up. Most people call that the fifth major. And then we'll also check in. Uh, Dustin Johnson hosts a big Junior World Tournament down in Myrtle Beach. So we'll check in on that as well. Sounds like a packed show coming up Saturday. You can check it out right here, 8 a.m. on Pirate Radio. Greeny, thanks for a few minutes of your time today. Have a great show tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Have a good one. Thank you. There is Mark Greenheld, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us today. Also, earlier this segment, you heard from former Pirate pitcher Matt Bridges hanging out at the Jungle, his first game uh, watching Uh, since he played here at East Carolina. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll uh, come back. Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com joins us. We got some NFL news, some NFL speculation. Could be a big wide receiver on the market if uh, Adam Schefter's story ends up being true. So we got plenty to talk about in the NFL. Also, a couple of sound clips that people requested earlier that we have located. We'll do that. If you have any... uh, sound bites you'd like to hear just request them we'll play them and also congratulations to ecu alum eric baggage on his 300th win along with nick schnabel along with nick schnabel they got their 300th win or eric baggage got his 300th win on the field that he played at in the tournament that bears his former coach's name and was able to celebrate it in the dugout in which he once sat how cool is that that is very cool all right talk about coming full circle absolutely great stuff there all right we'll take a time out come back and tony dunn joins us after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Winslow's is open Tuesday through Sunday for lunch, dinner, and, of course, they have their famous brunch on Sundays beginning at 1030. They also have the best selection of beers around. Winslow's is located on 5th Street right beside the State Theater in Uptown Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, it is a fantastic Friday, a free beer Friday here on Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for tuning in to Reset, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt here. We got content junkie Schaefer, Jenny, out at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Happy birthday, Jenny Shelton. And thank you, Jenny, for uh, setting up that Matt Bridges interview. That was fantastic. That was awesome. Um, I forgot that I, I should have asked Jenny while we were... Uh, in the break, uh, just how many purple cowboy hats we would oh, see in the jungle? Great question. I uh, hope to see some pictures of those today. So, if you're listening to us out there in the jungle, 
Send you know, post a picture of the the purple cowboy hats. Tag us on Twitter at pr nine two seven fm. We'd love to see them. We want to see those lids, or those shiny lids. If you're wearing one of those awesome shirts, that oh we yeah, were the jungle vibes yesterday. only. Yes, if uh, you have a jungle vibes only t shirt, take a take a selfie. Tag us in on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, or post it on our Facebook page. We'd love hash, to see it. Hashtag jungle vibes only. Yeah. All right. Just a little social media thing We're there. Trending. Or if you want to send me some money to my cash app, you can... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, the by voice. the way, my Venmo is... Uh, <laughs> that is the voice of Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Hello, Tony. Hello. Good to see you. Tony. Good to see you. Let's talk to Tony. Let's go to, let's go to Tony in the studio. A. Gary Hahn is NC State's announcer. Chandler does a great Gary Hahn. And one thing Gary Hahn always does is throw it down to Tony Throw Haynes. it down to Tony on the sideline. <laughs> Tony. Tony Dunn. So now when I say Tony's coming on the show, it leads to Chandler and I just doing that for about 15 minutes. All right. Earlier in the show, people were requesting their uh, the sound bites they wanted to hear. We just do that. It's kind of like a warm-up of the show. It kind of gets us going, okay. gets us in the mood. We had a couple of requests that we had to go find. So we had a throwback here from, was it John Moody? Yeah, John Moody, taco meat on my chest was his uh, was his soundbite he wanted to hear, Tony, which sounds weird out of context. That also sounds like something I said, probably. <laughs> we do have that soundbite. Shirley, let's hear it. I got a little taco meat on my chest. All right, that is former pirate taco meat on my chest. Daquan Barnes. That his nickname was Taco Tony. <laughs> All right. And we asked why, and he said, because they said, I got some taco meat on my chest. I've heard that before. Man. Yeah. So he's got the, the ground beef there. I would say I have uh, I have almost no chest hair. Is it, is it called sassafras, Shirley? The, like, stringy <laughs> stuff? I got a few loose strands of those sassafras. Little I think those are called weeds? I got some weeds, some, like, I need to <laughs> I round up my yeah. chest. Uh, how about you? What are you doing over there, Tony? On the chest. I'm close to the taco meat. Oh yeah, yeah, taco bit. Tony. Yeah, interesting. Oh. It's got a taco Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Down on sideline. Chandler, what's your situation? Uh, let's see. Break it out. Okay. All right. All right. He's got a nice little carpet going on over there. <laughs> a little shag rug. Yeah, a little shag, shag. rug. Good deal. Let's cut a little rug here. All right. <laughs> the other requested uh, soundbite we had to find, I believe, was from Kevin. And this one is always requested by Robert Matthews. I, was, I hope he's tuned in. This was the... Uh, so, Igo and the media are doing an interview with Fernando Fry. All you hear in the background is jeff charles doing a promo for <laughs> like acu football I love this one. and he's doing a rick Fla- he's naming out wrestlers and, and here's a little bit of that rick flair oh. Woo! So that well that was fernando trying to answer a question and jeff charles yelling in the background rick flair woo as soon as steven igo got done asking his question we heard this rick flair oh. Woo! and the funny thing is is he didn't do it once he did it several times and it's like he was, he was starting over. Yeah, he was starting over, and then he'd go, Ric Flair, woo! And then he'd go, Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes! And he just like would name off all these wrestlers, but he did it several times, and you that's all you could hear in the background. I was like, man, this dude really loves some Ric Flair. And they kept making him do it over again, like, all right, let's start at the beginning. So you just kept hearing, Ric Flair, You woo! used to have a bunch you used Rick to play Flair, to woo! make fun of me. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, Tony's got one where he's like, 
What was it? I can't even remember. He's our quarterback. Ain't even been to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I have to find him during the break. Oh, we got some right. good, uh, some Tony Dunn <laughs> stuff we can run too. Um, so uh, we'll do that momentarily. Uh, potentially, Tony, some good news for us and you. I believe uh, our friends at Wings Over Greenville are about to drop by some food. Oh, wow. Nice. So, uh, nice little way to sign oh, that. Have they deal. arrived? I believe uh, you should hear the door beep here shortly. Way to sign Sweet. that deal, Ch- Chandler. Chandler getting it done. The Ain't best off season signing so far this NFL season. Closed it. Yes. It, it was just like a Cam Newton situation. It was a out of the ballpark free agency signing. Well, it was more like a Sam Darnold situation because yeah. you did it during the offseason. But you brought well, back an old favorite. Oh, you brought that is true. You favorite. brought it. Is that what you're saying? I Chandler? just heard it. I just heard the door open. All right, you want to handle that? Yes. Since you're the closer and all, close this deal for us. All right, Tony. Uh, Stole to Tony. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, here's something I saw. This is not news. This is just a fan. This is just me, you, whoever. Somebody put out to, I think Bills fans. But either way, I'm asking you as a Panthers fan. Would you do this trade, Christian McCaffrey, for the Bills' number one pick this year? No. Okay. Not enough. No. Is is look? Is I have I'm I'm probably in the minority when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. Here is I feel like the trade Christian McCaffrey talk is just easy talk to make because right now you're just so upset with the whole situation of the Carolina Panthers and you want a Deshaun Watson or you want some shiny new toy to play with and Christian McCaffrey has had some injuries over the past two seasons and he has you know somewhat of a large contract for um for his position group but I try to remember that Christian McCaffrey is like only 26 years old uh transcendent type player has not had dehabilitating injuries over the past two years. Is they have been kind of? I mean, he's just got banged up, nicked up, and some different. You get things. hurt, you get it fixed, and you you yeah. go to, and it's not like a reoccurring. Right. Deal. Is then the, and then you back into somebody in the parking lot just after some. You just got an offender bender. So I don't see these as like long term hurting his productivity. It's just can he put it together for sixteen games when it matters? And I think he can. Uh, the other thing is, is that all these trades, and this is just something that I've learned in the past year or two, as the Carolina Panthers have been more trying to send players away than acquire players. Not that we ever really were trying to acquire players, but the guaranteed money doesn't leave with, with the trade. So you're if, still paying him if he goes elsewhere. Is yeah, that what you're saying? yeah, and the only money that leaves with the trade is the part that's on the contract, like for the ba- the salary that year. So the way the contract works is if a player signs a fifty, uh, you know, say for him he signed a sixty-four million dollar deal, and like thirty-five of it was guaranteed. They're supposed to, in theory pay you that 35 million dollars on day one but the way the contract they do it is they can prorate it over the life of the contract but Mm -hmm. at any time he's cut moved you have to expedite that payment to that moment so you know is that if there's 25 million dollars in guaranteed money left on that deal all of a sudden you just accelerate that and you kind of create a long-term problem i'd just rather have the dang player and I think yeah. he could be awesome. And I think you were asking me maybe a couple of weeks ago is where do you think Christian McCaffrey should go in fantasy? And the fact that he's a top five player and he hasn't played hardly in the past two years, I think shows his value. Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. That was a good, well-thought-out answer there. What are you, our server? 
<laughs> I, I can't eat meat today, Catholic. I'm Catholic. Uh, I'll take one. Wings over Greenville. They have these new chicken dogs, basically. They're little mini chicken sandwiches, and they are on toast, basically like hot dog buns. And you can get two of these for five bucks. Get whatever flavor you want. Throw some ranch on it. And, man, what a fantastic idea and uh, execution from Wings Over Greenville. They look hey, delicious. It looks like Troy D's eating one as we speak. You're going to give your review, Troy? Look, these are so good. I'm violating my own rule of eating in the studio oh, for this gosh. special occasion. This is your – like, I'm not even a big wing guy, but it's, like, on this incredible toasted, like, French – like well, I, I would call it Texas toast almost – and then it's like folded into like a hot dog bun mm-hmm. from the Texas toast. Mm-hmm. And the wing is just like perfectly cooked. Do you just come into every room and try to make people mad, Troy? <laughs> I'm not a wing guy. Like, who even says stuff like that? But, uh, no, I'm saying <laughs> I'm not a huge wing guy. But these are, <laughs> See, he said it again. These no, are boneless kidding. wings. This is a tender. Are, First of all, yeah, it's right. not a, a wing. Right. I am a tender guy, so I don't want to miss Boneless the wings are not even wings. Yeah, correct. it'd be hard to do these as boneless wings. I mean, as bone-in <laughs> wings. Yeah, regular that would be different. But yeah, man, tender sandwich. Yeah, this is right up my alley. The toast man. does look gorgeous. Oh my god, this is incredible. Great, uh, yeah, great finish on that toast there. So and uh, the fact why that he why is, are you eating some? It's Lent, and on Fridays you're supposed to go oh. no meat, oh, fish okay. only. That's, All like, right. that's why they have fish fries at every Catholic church on a Friday. Oh, mm. All right. Happy Lent day. Yeah, no meat, Tony. Forty uh, days, forty, forty days of nice meat on one day a week. It's not that bad. Yeah. Do you have to give something up too? You're supposed to. I'm just or, trying to like give up being terrible. It's like, gonna be hard. To try you. to be a better person. <laughs> yeah. Maybe go to mass this weekend. All right. Good luck with that. I know. All right. Keep um, us updated. Let's. Uh, well, when Shirley gets back, we'll take a break because I want to. Oh, here she is. I want to try some of God, these. Shirley was so hungry, she just left you hanging. Hey, that, look. I understand. I'd do the same to her. So wow, look no at that hard plate feelings. Shirley has. Holy all right. Smokes. There might not be any left now, Clip. Okay, first of all, hush. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I love the fact hush. that it's been quite some yeah, time been. since I've gone gone to Wings Over Greenville to get the fries because the fries used to be my favorite. They still remembered my favorite flavor of fries. Yeah, Ryan was in here earlier, said yep. Shirley likes what? Garlic parm? The garlic parm, and wow. that's exactly what he brought, brought Let's us. Let's talk about service. Uh, tonight is a great Wings Overnight, so check them out. And uh, Chandler, I've heard from the commercial they deliver. That is the Wings rumor. Wings over delivers. Wings over delivers. Wings, Wings over, over delivers. delivers. That they do. Over delivers. They, they look. They, they deliver so much. Deliver. They over deliver. Under promise. Well played. Over deliver. They have over delivered today. So I'm going to take a break so I can enjoy these. You know what that would go good with? Some next Bud Light. Bud Light next. Bro. Hour three will be giving away Bud Light next and a Domino's pizza. Troy Day. What Let's comment. get to pumping. This is like just a feeding friend. At least he didn't say I'm not really a beer guy. Not much of a beer guy. <laughs> that pizza thing I'm not so sure about. <laughs> yeah, that's a fad. I'm not a huge wing guy, but I love these wings. Then you, If you are a wing guy, you'll go crazy over them. All right. So you're trying to turn a positive into a negative, Tony Dunn. Why don't you try and be a better person? Hey, you know what? You're preach. failing on your... Yeah. Uh... Already strike one against your <laughs> Changing promise. my name to positive Tony. Yeah. Uh, when we return, Amari Cooper, uh, his name popped up today. Why? We'll tell you. Another wide receiver might be leaving his current team. So we'll hit on the NFL news and notes when we return after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Already back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. At the half, we've got Loyola Chicago, most known for Sister Jean, uh, made that Final Four run years ago. They are whooping up on Bradley at halftime, 44-27. That score, South Carolina Upstate up 12 on Charleston Southern in the second half of the Big South Tournament. A couple of those scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DaBuck. They're going to enjoy their fish fry tonight. DaBuck. Who's that? Loyola Chicago? Yeah. Uh, Tony, we just saw the loneliest man in the world. Now, when you watch TV and you watch a game, whether it be a studio show, a halftime show, there's a, there's a table and it's always like overgrown with guests. Usually there's too many people at the table. Right. This was just one guy in the stand, like in the seats at the arena there in St. Louis. And he was by himself, had nobody to talk to. And I uh, felt kind of bad for him. He's also the guy that runs the FanDuel account. <laughs> He's just lonely, man. <laughs> Somebody please talk to me. Interact with me. Help me out. Um, Love the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament just because I like words. And it's in St. Louis, Tony, so they call it Arch Madness. I love that. <laughs> You're yeah. word smart. I mean, do you like that? Yeah, uh, arch? Yeah. The, the, have you ever seen the Arch? You ever been to St. Louis? No, but speaking of, my buddy who is from St. Louis just said yesterday in, a, in an attempt, he pulled a Tony when he was trying to say that his wife was book smart. He said, man, she's word smart. <laughs> I, said, I love that term, word smart. I guess she's the smart one in the family, if, uh, if that's his terminology there. All right, uh, real quick, Chandler wanted to get an update on Tony Dunn celebrity sightings. We were talking about this earlier in the week. I met, I met Aaron Jones, my new friend, uh, the Packers running back at Subdog Saturday night. So, Tony, do you have any celebrity sightings? I don't I don't know if I have any good ones. Um, uh, you said you've saw, been I to... I saw uh, uh, Barack Obama speak when he came yeah, here. You've uh, been to events where yeah, like people were like, supposed to be like, have you there. randomly... Like in the wild. ...bumped into someone. I do remember, what was it... Uh, Gary, it wasn't a, it wasn't Mike Schmidt, but it was like a, if you could Gary Gaetti, yes, Gary Gaetti, thank you so much for yeah. that. Gary Gaetti's dad sold my parents insurance when I was like four, <laughs> and he got me a signed baseball card. So where is I mean, this? Like, like in six. New York? No, this was here. here. Yes, sold my parents. And man, back when we were collecting baseball cards like crazy, yeah. so it probably would have been like third grade yeah. stuff like that. And Gary Gaetti's dad sold my parents' insurance. Wow. Yeah. So what a rando go. thing that is. My story, Tony, I don't know if you heard earlier this week, but it related to Charlotte. I was in town. I was in uptown Charlotte for a Panthers game that weekend. It was actually the Saints-Panthers game. It was rainy. Um, Luke Keekley had 24 tackles and interception. Um, on that Saturday night, we uh, were walking in uptown, and we had just left our – hotel and there was a restaurant in the bottom of the hotel and i look and i'm like oh my god that's sal palantonio oh wow and uh then we walk in there and then i look and i'm like oh wow that's ron jaworski 
So I uh, got a picture nice. of them and woke up the next morning and turned on the TV, and sure enough, there they those two were uh, in Bank of America Stadium. I got it. I got it. All um, right, here you go. I met Little Dicky in the Paris airport. That's right. Little Dicky. In the, the Paris Rattler. airport? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, that one is a good one. Here's one you'll like, too. Um, my mom used to cut hair for a living when I was young, and uh, one of her clients, their son was one of the foot clan in the original ninja turtles movie <laughs> so they got me a picture of like a side but a picture of like whoever played donatello i know you'll like that that one. is cool yeah. and uh let's see i have one other cool did you ever hear the how did disco made podcast the ninja turtles 2 it's one of my favorites uh i believe i had adam pally that yeah. they talk about like the uh the the costumes the turtles wore and how it almost killed everybody on the set because they like suffocated <laughs> yeah it was impossible i also uh went attended this awesome comedy show one time where uh, tony castleberry was featured and my wife drunk heckled a priest um comedian making abortion jokes that was kind of weird wait i thought you were making a joke because i went to see tony castleberry once you were there oh okay so that was the same event yeah yeah i remember your wife heckling uh, amateur comedians yeah so that was fun <laughs> that, was, that was fun night um i wanted to get back to oh little dicky yeah does he um so i don't i'm not familiar with him at all but what? I, i'm not he does have a show on fx yes. is that him yes yeah what's that show called uh Dickie? is it is called his real name right uh, whatever yeah. his real name is i've heard that was really good i need to it watch is. that i guess uh and you really just need to go like watch all his videos on youtube is he a rapper yeah self-made like from youtube like he is like a guy this is what the internet's awesome about <laughs> and he's got this uh, man just go watch pillow talk dude it's like a 12 minute show but it's a video and it's with his brain which is an alien and he gets on this girl for not knowing what uh what pangea is still it's awesome this is different but similar i'm a big bo burnham dave fan. sorry dave, dave that's yeah. the name of the show i'm a bo burnham fan it sounds similar to that where he just kind of put some stuff out on the internet and, and he's really good and well, man, he's awesome yeah when you're talented you know people gravitate to it yep all right uh amari cooper is talented but he is, i'm gonna but he's say expensive I'm gonna say Tony, and I like Amari Cooper. I'm a I'm a fan of his, but I don't think he has lived up to how good I thought he'd be. Really? Yeah. Uh, and I say that because he was a you really he's high, be like Julio. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's on me because he went to Alabama. But has he was, Julio lived up to Julio? Yeah, he I has. Feel like it. Yeah, he has. Just have this kind of reason. He doesn't score touchdowns. Amari scores touchdowns now. Cooper was the fourth overall pick of the draft and i'll look at his stats here yeah he's just stats to consider thank you man four 1000 yard seasons yeah i don't know i guess i thought some he'd injuries there look oakland he's had some injury ridden seasons. well that's his thing now too is that, that foot he'll miss uh four games a year or whatever yeah uh or if he plays he'll be limited last year i mean but the thing is is that he's productive in the red zone for yeah. the most part you know so but not but no double digit touchdown season i don't think is that it's not like he he has not he's not been like Devonte adams i thought he would be in that group yeah. in that category Maybe if you put him on green bay 
Uh, the story, uh, true, the story today, Adam Schefter says the Dallas Cowboys are likely to release wide receiver Omari Cooper by the start of the new league year. He is due $20 million in fully guaranteed money on the fifth day of the new league year, March 20th. So if they cut Cooper, uh, it would count $6 million against the salary cap, not $22 million. So that's that last six million guaranteed that on the original, like on that guaranteed money, and then whatever is his salary. That means his salary was going to be what? Say twenty two minus six. Is that or, uh, sixteen? Sixteen. I love what I love about the NFL is every year you could go from bad to good, and they promote parity, and it makes it fun and unpredictable. What I don't like is you can get too good. Because here in the story, it says the Cowboys have unsigned key free agents like Randy Gregory, Dalton Schultz, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, J. Ron Curse. You got to think about the guys they've drafted in the last two or three years that are going to need new contracts. If you get too good, you can't stay good. Yeah, it's difficult. I guess it depends on, too, what position groups you're able to you build your team around, um, you know, is some positions are cheaper than others yeah and the ones that you don't have to like the ones that you refuse to replace right so it's like if you have your quarterback you're just not going to replace them with this is this in this case it's cd lamb right here is is has shown so much promise the idea is is that you could probably pass the reins to him and then try to find the next cd lamb and they have the uh gallup on the roster who's really good they have other guys already and if you're gonna pay dak the big money he's gonna be able to do it with he can't yeah, you know I mean, without Amari, and Amari is good. You know what I'm saying? Like he is, he is productive and he's good. But I don't know if he's a guy that just, uh, you know, presents like fear in your mind as I a agree. defensive coordinator. Washington wanted him last year. In fact, uh, if you believe the reports that were out there, it was between Washington and Dallas, and uh, he chose Dallas. Uh, so maybe Washington will be after Who? him once again. Amari Cooper. Wasn't it two years ago? Whenever, yeah, well, okay. whenever that I was, know. I thought it was last year, but maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it was a couple of years ago when it was thought that he might leave Dallas and, and right. go elsewhere. I guess so they traded him. Maybe midseason yeah. with the Raiders, and then the next year they ended up signing him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Before yeah, because they were him. wondering if they were going to pay the big money. And I think he still had that foot deal then, too. Yeah, it's kind of been a lingering deal with him. I saw this today, Tony. The Buffalo Bills have granted wide receiver Cole Beasley. A Giant f- market. A former Cowboy. Uh, a, his permission to seek a trade. Why does he want, What is he upset about? Is he upset? Maybe he's upset about like Buffalo and the masks or the COVID stuff in New York. Well, no, I mean, that's nationwide, really, though. No, but like New York is, and I know it's New York City that's real hype on the vaccines and stuff, but, I, it, you know, being required. Yeah. But I mean, but why would you, if you're Cole Beasley, who's in the twilight of your career, honestly, uh, want to leave a team that has Josh Allen and Diggs? That and, is like, a good man, point. Uh, bizarre. The article says finding a solution for his impact on the salary cap seemed inevitable as he is currently set to account for $7.6 million in cap space on the final year of a four-year $29 million contract. Releasing or trading Beasley would save the Bills $6.1 million in cap space. Well, this makes it sounds like the Bills yeah. want to do it. I like how well, they, I love when they do this, when they're like, we give you permission to go find your own job. Uh, yeah, what if he didn't come to them? <laughs> You're like, nah, I'm just going to sit on my couch, dude, and chill. You do it. 
Uh, yeah hey cole you can go seek a trade how about you just pay me <laughs> uh i want to be here like i love it here what do you mean no it, look if you'd like to you can go seek a trade we're really disappointed at how hard you're working for your drone trade <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple wide receivers there on the market i wonder if cole beasley isn't a wing guy <laughs> if you don't like wings you, you can't, can't play, play in buffalo, buffalo. No. that could be the case uh i guess you'd rather he's a tenders guy I would take either one of those uh, on my team right now. Who, Cole Beasley? Yeah. I don't really care about him. Of course, I need uh, a quarterback, too. So, I, I probably should yeah. start there. Yeah. Let's and start there. I tell you what, let's take a break when we return. Tony likes Malik Willis. Yeah, I think so. Now the yeah, world kind of, likes him. I bet, yeah, I told you these people are going to love him. Uh, so, he is hot. Also, crazy 40 times. And the oh, combine. Man. These kids are fast this year. Alave runs a four two five. One dude wrote, ran a four two. And then a Baylor one. receiver ran a four two one. That mess is crazy. That makes a how what was uh Chris Johnson was four two four. Yeah. Lightning. Well uh we'll talk about combine, everything else going on in NFL as we wrap up hour two. Safe. Was that a leadoff man? Bryson World? Dude, tilt our, a whirl. Our guy Bryson Whirl has got wheels. Our guy. Woo! Put him on the 40. He was scooting, buddy. It was very confusing because I thought I would see a 35 on his jersey, but they're all wearing the 23 jersey. Those so. are sick uniforms. Yeah, they are. They cut off the sleeveless. Uh, Pirates have a runner on bottom of the first, nobody out, scoreless. Indiana State and ECU. We'll keep you up to date on that on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. And I have more for you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live now back to the show welcome back Uh, for the latest breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on our social media you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at pr927 fm join the close to fifty-four thousand followers today now let's head back into prl here is clip brock all right that was a productive commercial break for me, one, because I enjoyed some wings over Greenville tender sandwiches. Uh, and for the Pirates, because they have put two on the board in the first inning against Indiana State. It got started with a Bryson World bunt single. And then on a hit and run, Jacobs Jenkins Cowart uh, drills one to short. Could have been a double play if handled properly, but since World was on the run, uh, it turned into a base hit. And actually, a double, right? Did uh, Coward get a second on that play? Whirl got all the way from first to home on a hit into the left center gap. Yeah, uh, I guess Whirl was on the move, yeah. and uh, shortstop had to go cover the bag, and sure enough, the ball was hit right to the shortstop where he had left, but that was going to be a hard play to make yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was some solid contact. And uh, that ball got into the gap, and it stayed in the gap for a long time, and it allowed Bryce and Whirl to get around third and get to home. And now a sacrifice, sacrifice fly gets Jacob uh, Jenkins Cowart home. So now the Pirates up two nothing, two nothing lead for East Carolina. Ryder Giles up with two outs and a man on in the first inning. 
All right, uh, Tony Dunn is here. We'll wrap up hour two with Tony and uh, Malik Willis is now uh, rising up the boards. In fact, if you look at Vegas odds, Tony, which is, tends to be a good indicator on what's actually happening, uh, he is now, I believe, minus money to be the first quarterback taken off the board. I think he was second behind Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And now I think he went from plus 200 to like minus 110 to be the first QB taken. It doesn't surprise me. Um, after the senior bowl performance where Pickett kind of seemed to slip a little, Malik Willis has uh, kind of risen the ranks. And here's the thing is that part of uh, some of these players is us getting to know them, right? And getting to know them as a talent. Especially when you played at Liberty. And right, these smaller schools. And it's one thing for these names that are coming out of the Alabamas and things is that they're all going to be on Mel Kuyper's board. Um, they're all, you know, and even the coaches are so, sometimes like in the NFL, you're so focused on your own team. You're not watching college all the time. So you're watching maybe only the games that are, um, highly publicized, yeah. but Malik Willis is an unknown commodity to a certain degree. Now, one of the things that's interesting about him is that the kind of the stigma of quarterbacks coming out of these smaller schools has been lifted by guys coming before them, such as like a Carson Wentz to then a Josh Allen, and now uh, Trey Lance jumping up the ranks last year. The darling Malik Willis can be maybe considered the Trey Lance of this year's draft in some ways. You know, it's like people are worried about his size uh, being only six foot tall. But, you know, the narrative of small hands is, you know, infiltrated discussion with Kenny Pickett. So yeah. none of these guys, I think, check all the boxes. Kyler uh, Murray trying to um, kind of turn the corner on the small QB. Like you can win I think Russell Wilson helped yeah, with that Russell. a lot, too. Yeah, um, you know, because that was the only thing that kept people from thinking Russell Wilson was a top talent was his height at the time. So when you see some of these, I think, I mean, look, even Cam Newton is, goes back to part of that narrative of a guy that can be a mobile quarterback, you know, and how those guys, we can start to respect that as a next level of the game, Lamar Jackson. So some people have to, tra- you know, blaze that trail before you. Malik Willis, though, the most impressive part to me, though, is just has been his interview process throughout all of this. At the Senior Bowl, he just crushed it. He's super charismatic. He's super smart. Uh, he seems dialed in, mature, focused, and ready to take on that kind of leadership role. And he, and there's a kind of humility to him that comes about. And he's only done that again this week. And why I think that's important is, one, we can fall into the trope sometimes of uh, black quarterbacks being athlete, athletes first. Yeah, we right? look at them like, uh, like Steve McNair, like, who was the heir McNair. I mean, could throw the football, but... Because you're a black quarterback, we just assume you scramble, run all over the field. Which you know, and there's these, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, yeah, there are these kind of, uh, you know, these kind of hidden words that are used. So athlete, athlete, yeah. heck of an athlete, uh, can run fast, a running quarterback, uh, heck of a talent, these things. And then on the other hand, you'll hear words like cerebral for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And these are all these kind of tropes that we've used. So uh, Malik Willis, though, I think the one thing about this is that the real criticism of him as being in an offense that has been a one-read offense that is really driven through him as a running QB a lot of times. It's like run, 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 pass, run, 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 pass, and you haven't seen him run the pro-style offense. I think the very fact is is that you can teach football to people, but the soft skills of 
commitment, you know, like all of these, I don't know what the right words are, but yeah, is that ultimately it feels like this is the meeting room is not going to be a problem for him. The attention is not going to be a problem for him. And I think it's genuine too. At least uh, there's some cool, that cool video. I just saw you looking at it of him, like giving clothes to a homeless person to go probably sell at a pawn shop or, or not at like a thrift store, you know, is that nobody's around and somebody, do you think that's staged? Well, I was looking for the tweet where somebody had pointed, and I hate, I hate all this. You just, uh, but somebody said it's interesting that the person that tweeted this out is a uh, the head of like a marketing firm, uh, like a branding thing. Okay, so it could be staged. I still, uh, even if it is, I'm sure he's a fine gentleman. Yeah, you know. So no, I think his 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 stock is, is skyrocketed. Uh, now, he wasn't perfect yesterday from what I heard at the Combine. I just tuned in at the last second and saw him throwing those bomb passes, which were awesome. Um, so, I don't I don't know. Is that right now, it doesn't seem like he is falling or falling even out like into the back end of the first. Is that I saw someone tweet uh, earlier that at one point people were talking about him being a reach at six for the Carolina Panthers, and we might start to be wondering if he's going to be there at six. Yeah, fascinating to see how these players rise and fall without playing a legit game. Uh, but so much happens between the final game of their college season and the NFL draft. Trey Lance, a great example of that. Yeah, and uh, he was never really mentioned with the Niners, right? Right. Going they were the all throwing this, blowing the smoke about Mac Jones yeah. and trading up for that. That's right. Uh, how about this headline, Tony? Well, the athletes of today are bigger, faster, stronger, and that continue is to do to, to get that way. Uh, the headline on ESPN.com, eight wide receivers post 40-yard dash times under 4.4 seconds. Uh, that is led, I mentioned the Baylor wide receiver. His name is Ty- uh, Tyquan Thornton and had a 4-2-1 40. Um, later, his official time was determined to be 4.28. So he's what? slow. Oh. He's slow. Yeah, he is slow. I don't want him. Uh, 4-2-8, it says. Gosh, well, that's a real disappointment. <laughs> uh, but you've got... Talk other... about your stock falling. Yeah, really. He went from, oh, well, the ghost of Al Davis came out of the coffin I know. and told the Raiders to Whoever draft drafted John Ross... Chris Alave, uh, people had eyes on him because he is not only fast, but a super talented wide receiver from Ohio State. He had a uh, 4.25 or something. Yeah, five. It was one off of Chris Johnson, I remember. Now, that was like his immediate time. I don't know if they reviewed it or whatever. But man, you've got some dang track stars at the receiver position running these 40s this year i mean and it probably shouldn't surprise us that these this is getting like this just like everything over the last two decades surrounding college and professional sports is just how professionalized they have become you know the days of uh you know you can go and, and this is on our website and like uh, I used to, I try to interview some old panther players sometimes and remember jason peter yeah um the days of guys like crushing beers and, uh, you know, just kind of this like uh, laying down in the, like doing pranks on the weekends or whatever, this very uber masculine sport, I guess. And then, and kind of uh, on their say, own in the pros. I don't want to say hobby, but it's like football is something I do. Now it's like football is life. Right. Like you, and it has to be if you're, I mean, it's year round in college. 
you get to the right when you're done with your last class or your last football game in college you start training full-time with somebody for the combine for the draft i saw a guy talking about the either the lave or the taekwondo what was his name taekwondo thornton um and a guy said there's even room for improvement and he was like a professional you know trainer so well, i was gonna say that like, too tony he was like talking about we can put chalk down on the 40 and see which steps go east and west and to try to north south these steps even more and you might even be able to pick up so i think there's so much help there's so many facilities you're training for each individual drill you're going to be doing to get your time better more so like in and back then you probably just trained to be a good football player now you're training to be a good cone drill runner like everything and now you're probably and you're starting it far before you're identified as a talent in college is that you know uh terrence cop you can i mean terrence copper you can go train with him right and uh and, and and as a high school student who has showed promise you think of this as when we were kids clip um in Winterville, like Little League Baseball, just like in Greenville was big, is that I always thought the super rich kids and the ones that like, uh, I played on Harrington Builders one year and we like, dom- we had Kenny Biggs and, you know, Michael Harrington and that. And like- Former uh, pirate Michael Harrington. Really? Yeah. Uh, and I, our coach, his dad, yeah. had a pitching machine and that was like the craziest. It was like, but we also went to eat at like- uh, <laughs> Quincy's, and that was like a big treat in yeah. 1989. Yeah. You know, so this is <clears throat> the natural um, evolution of this. Daryl's, da- uh, yeah, is that I what think was right down the road was. here. Yeah, I'm trying to think of old yeah, restaurants. That one that was like Greenville. where the post office kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had a real steep uh, entrance yeah. way to the parking yeah. lot because uh, it took out my muffler one time. Yeah. What about the uh, <laughs> the fact that you could drive to Daryl's? I'm not gonna I say that. Uh, we had to ride in the car seat to Daryl's. We were little boys. Yeah, yeah. I just what remember one time I pulled out of the Daryl's parking lot and I did not quite angle the car out properly. Yeah and it knocked my muffler loose and so every time i hit a bump sparks would shoot out from behind it's like my car those, uh it's like those speed bumps about uh, b-dubs man, man yeah. they just destroy your car what Surely about uh, and car pe- problems by the way biggest rivalry in uh sports yeah. biggest rivalry going what about pe- what was it what, pe- car Shirley and car like, somebody hits your car you got a car you got a lot of car stories Mike my Krzyzewski, car, my car. She had a road rage incident with Mike Shashevsky. It really is. It's, it's <laughs> insane how, how many celebrity car interviews. Yeah, my car. Right. My I've had my car three years. Okay. I have been rear-ended twice. Wow. Within the last year, and I've had someone back their car into my car while it was parked out here in the UBE parking lot. And then you were stuck in that car for 45 minutes in traffic earlier this week. <laughs> and the battery died on Tuesday. <laughs> what about So Pepe's yeah, my car pizza. my car and I Pepe's. have had we've had to come to Jesus meeting this yeah. week. Uh, Peppy's Pizza Tony pizza was did. the uh, old school. That was the postseason uh, I remember spot for teams like uh Little League baseball football. Yeah. That's where you go, Peppy's to celebrate a great season. They had some good pizza too. Green olives on a pizza. That was cool. Hmm. I think that's cool. I mean, I'm an olive guy. All right, olive boy. Uh, Tony, I think we've hit everything today. And uh, nothing, all at the same time. Taylor Moten got to restructure his contract, Chandler, opening up $11 million in cap space for us to blow on <laughs> Ian Thomas. What is the uh, – I, I don't – like, I can't wait for free agency. What would you like to see the Panthers splurge on? We can talk about Deshaun Watson. Well, 
Yeah. Russell Wilson, other than that, like, I don't really care. I have no care. Maybe just all offensive linemen. I was going to, damn, I was about to say, at least Tony's come around from saying, I'm not going to talk about the roster until we fix the O line. You right. you did for a moment, then you got back to the O line. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I don't, I just think the other ones would be excited. Uh, the quarterbacks would be exciting. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Next year, we would always have something to talk about. The offensive linemen, though, is I assume what they're going to target, and probably just get it all wrong. I, I saw. Um, it is hot I, here. I, I was looking at. Uh, You're about Pan- to leave. I was looking at Panthers Twitter the other day, and I did see somebody have like a projected starting lineup at the, with the uh, offensive line, and it had. This guy had the uh, – I think he's a former Washington Redskin, Scherf. Scherf. The uh, Scherf. You his, think he's a former – he's an all-pro. Let's get a little respect on the man's name. Oh, please. Hush. Anyway. Brandon Sheriff's an all-pro. Had him at the right guard position for the Panthers. I mean, that would be great for you guys because he's, he's a good had player. Had Christensen at the left guard, and I think he had um, the cross kid, uh, assuming we Let's pick him run. up at six. <laughs> Tony, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Carolina Cat Chronicles C3 podcast. Check it out. YouTube and enjoy. All right, Tony's got to leave. He's having hot flashes. We'll take a time out. Come back. Hour three. Corey Glore, our old buddy, joins us. Talk a little Tulane. Talk some Pirates and more with Corey when we return. Hour three will also make you a winner. Bud Light next is on the line coming up in hour three. That can be yours as well. We're back with more after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live on a Free Beer Friday. We got Bud Light next. Next. Coming up in this hour. My goodness gracious, that was delicious. Wings over Greenville. Mm. The tender sandwiches are awesome, and surely uh, that I did. was awesome. That was <laughs> thank you, Brett Kennedy. Um, <laughs> since they gave us a giant plate of those fries, uh-huh. I did grab a handful. If that's okay, did you at least use the tongs? Let's, nope. Let's, <laughs> nope. Let's say that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you washed your hands, Mister. Let's say that I did. <laughs> uh, all right, moving along quickly. Yeah. Uh, Man, not uh, like texture wise, crispy, perfect. Taste wise, uh, now man. you know why I like yeah. them so much. They are awesome. Uh, garlic parm 
fries they can do you know just regular but they'll throw some cajun seasoning on yes, it yeah cajun seasoning. i get this cajun seasoning every time i think garlic parm's my go-to as well Shirley. that yeah. was awesome it is very very good <laughs> that, that was, was awesome, awesome. <laughs> so wings over green will hook this up and now uh i want more maybe we'll have some uh thursday for our watch along chan man i'll have to uh work that out hey steal the deal buddy i'll, I'll do it chandler's our uh our, our contract guy around here all right let's he's our closer Head out to the uh, Pirate Radio Live Line. Talk to our old friend and say hello to Corey Glore, formerly uh, East Carolina baseball play-by-play voice, now handling all the duties down there for the Tulane Green Wave. And he joins us here today on Pirate Radio Live. Corey, good to chat with you, old pal. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Was that weird for you to say at this particular time of year, the voice of the Tulane Green Wave? Very. I've uh, I've thought about you more than I'd like to admit over the last few weeks, Corey. In fact, uh, uh, you were discussed on the ECU baseball broadcast last Saturday. I was thinking about this, Corey. I'm going to call this the Corey Glore broadcasting tree. You might disagree, but Scott Rogers uh, gave you a lot of praise for helping him out. And also Spencer Brickhouse, your former broadcast partner, uh, and also weird line feeder uh for games was also on that call and they they talked about you for about an entire half inning so i'm gonna say they're part of your broadcast tree and um yeah it was strange to hear those guys talking about you and you not being a part of it yeah i i, I have a coaching tree now is that what you're that's what i'm saying yeah the, the coaching tree yeah no, I, uh, I I caught a little bit of that broadcast last Saturday. Spencer had texted me earlier on in that week saying that he was going to jump on in Chapel Hill. And so I had a little bit of time before I had to rush off to the airport. Uh, and I and I shot them a note that, hey, I'm listening, sounded good, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, they said some nice things about me. I don't know how much of it is true, but uh, they, they sounded very good. I'm glad Scooter's doing well. Uh, and to get Spencer back on the airwaves, that was a that was a good treat because I know he loved doing that. Um, and so right before he went off to spring training, get him on one more time uh, to get his post playing career ready. Corey Gore joining us. Corey, what is your weekend like? You got some huge games going on for the Green Wave this weekend with Mississippi State taking on Tulane in baseball, and then the regular season finale in hoops going on in dallas uh this weekend so uh what 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 does your broadcast schedule look like personally well i'm in the middle of six broadcasts in six days i uh i started with baseball on tuesday night uh, a 23 to 1 win at southeastern louisiana and then baseball wednesday night uh, a 10 to 2 victory over texas southern back home and then last night basketball closed up the home season with a win over UCF and then tonight I'll have the opener with Mississippi State uh, on the diamond I'll have game two tomorrow afternoon as well and then I will be hustling over to Louis Armstrong International Airport as soon as that game is over and flying over to Dallas to call the regular season finale for Tulane basketball Sunday at SMU busy busy weekend and week I guess and year and life busy life Corey that's fair to say. Yeah, it's been busy, and, and I, <laughs> it's a perfect time for me to have caught a pretty wicked cold. And ah. I've been also battling that. Uh, so if I don't sound quite as verbose, quite as uh, silky smooth as I have in the past, there's a reason why. Called the uh, victory last night over UCF, Corey. We uh, sometimes it takes our sports brains time to 
correct to what's happened currently like i think about the Bengals in the playoffs and like well the Bengals can't win in the playoffs they haven't done it in 30 years well you know what happened 30 20 10 years ago has nothing to do with this current team but i bring that up because like Tulane basketball started 2 and 0 in conference play they come to Minji's and lose and you're like okay well maybe maybe those uh, those wins were fluky and then they'd win a few more and and we get to last night and they are underdogs to UCF you've got what i would call maybe an overachieving team in conference play at least in Tulane taking on an underachieving team in Central Florida and Tulane was a a home dog in that game to UCF and it's almost like we're just not ready to accept that this Tulane team is is pretty good at basketball you know what I'm saying and uh, they continue to win and play well they had lost a couple in a row uh, but a big win and an easy win last night right Corey you didn't really have to stress much over that one against UCF no and, and uh, there was some stress heading in because Tulane had to play without Jalen Cook who injured himself last week in Temple and when he has the conference's second leading scorer and he's a, he's a player of the year candidate out, then you are in obviously a cause of concern, especially against a team that has beaten you already this year that is a veteran team. And UCF then came in and didn't have their leading scorer, Darren Green. And so suddenly it became, uh, all right, who can adjust right away without their main offensive threat? And it pretty quickly was answered. That, that game was never in doubt. And, so to go to 10-7 and seven in conference play, you've assured a winning conference season for the first time since joining the American. I think it's the first time in 16 years they're going to have a winning conference season. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did not know they were uh, an underdog until I saw that tweet from you last night. Um, and I usually don't pay attention to that stuff. You and I have talked about that in the past. But I have caught wind about some of the, the lines for two late basketballs the years gone on and maybe not quite having um, maybe the respect from the, the folks in the gambling community just yet. Like they were a, a very narrow favorite on the road at Tampa a few weeks ago and they bludgeoned USF. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they just kind of keep on proving people wrong here. And what has been great to see is that the fan base has really truly taken to it. Yeah. It's been a, a truly electric crowd uh, when conference play got going. And it is it has truly brought this team wins at home. I mean it's uh, they finished the conference season seven and two at home. And so now there it was a huge moment for Ron Hunter as he winds down his third year to to have that place an honest-to-goodness home court advantage. Yeah. And when that building, it's small clip, it's only 4,000 capacity, but when that building is even half full, uh, that thing is as loud as any team, uh, as any arena in the league. And it was wild again last night, and UCF was really flustered by it. Uh, Corey, I remember when East Carolina went there, and you know the Pirates had beat them the first time around, second time around, Tulane dominated from tip-off to final horn, and that was about the rowdiest I had seen a a Tulane ECU game on the road and uh, it was pretty impressive to see and you've had some great crowds since then uh now we head to you know after the SMU game Corey uh the AAC tournament East Carolina trying to get into the the 710 game and they can do that with a win over Wichita State that would put them in the first round against USF or Tulsa and also you avoid Houston in the second round so really a huge game coming up for ECU now on the Tulane side Corey you're fighting for a uh, a first round bye right you got some scenarios where Tulane could be top four there are four 
scenarios here in play. I knew of three of them. The conference flew me in on three of them last night, and a fourth one has just been made apparent to me, and it involves ECU, strangely enough, where the simplest one is you win in, at SMU, and you have a first-round bye, and you'll be the fourth seed. Now, nobody has won at SMU yet this year. They're 15-0 and at home. And so, if you can pull that off, thumbs up, and you really set yourself up nicely for the conference tournament. If that doesn't happen, you need either Temple to lose at home at South Florida or you need uh, UCF to lose at Tulsa. If one of those two things happen, then mm. Tulane will have a first-round bye. The fourth scenario that comes in is if East Carolina loses at Wichita State Saturday. Hmm. That happens. That apparently, from what I've been told here, gets Tulane a first-round bye because if they wind up tied with UCF record-wise at 10-8, and 8, that would be losing at SMU, UCF wins at Tulsa, then you go down the standings list to see how the team fared against the first-place team and the second-place team. And there's no discrepancy between Tulane and UCF until you get to the Shockers and the Pirates. ECU went 1-1 one one against Tulane, UCF swept them. Tulane swept Wichita State, UCF went one and one. And so it comes down it could come down to that. Wow. That could determine if Tulane is a five seed or a six seed. Um, and we might you know, Tulane might know by Saturday night, by the time they get to right. Dallas, if they first run by a sewed up because he could play Saturday. So that game at Benji's Coliseum could loom very large here for Tulane. It all comes back to Tulane and ECU. The most imp- I can't escape you guys. <laughs> Greenville. It always comes back to the Pirates. So Corey may be calling a game on Thursday, but he's hoping and Tulane's hoping he doesn't uh, call a game next week until Friday in round two of that AAC tournament. Corey, uh, if I give you, and let's take Tulane out of the equation because I know you think they're going to cut down the nets at, at Dickey's Arena and win the AAC tournament. So Tulane's not an option here. If I give you Houston versus the field, uh, what side would you take on that to win the American tournament this year? Well, I'll tell you, if you would have asked me about a week and a half ago, I would have taken the field. Um, now I think Houston has just kind of settled down hmm. a little bit. They got punched around a little bit by SMU and Memphis, and then they came to our place and knocked us around pretty good, and then they just walloped SMU. And, and that was a telltale sign for me that, okay, they're, they're still flexing their muscle here. If they run into Memphis, they will give them trouble. But uh, I'm kind of of the mindset where it's Houston until proven otherwise at the moment. Yeah, uh, we'll see if that is the case there at Dickey's Arena coming up next week uh, when the AAC tournament gets underway. Corey, I've been enjoying. You've been working uh, every day. I get to actually like watch basketball while I work. So I've been enjoying these conference tournament games going on. We've already seen some upsets in the the conference tournaments. You, you look at last Saturday, Corey, you had seven of the top 10 teams in the AP Top 25 poll lose. Uh, the top six teams lose all in one day. First time it's ever happened. So every tournament's fun. The madness is always there. But this one is so unpredictable that there's just not a team at the top uh, unless you, you really like Gonzaga to to finish it out this year the way they couldn't do last year but as things wide open Corey, it's gonna be a lot of fun i've had this discussion uh over the last frankly three weeks with our team here about who on earth is the best team in college basketball yeah. and our associate head coach 
last week just kind of matter-of-factly said Gonzaga, and then they went and lost at St. Mary's. <laughs> and so just like, it, it, like I, I'm no longer on the Gonzaga train. I have been for like 15 years. Until they can actually finish the job by this point, I'm, I'm done backing them. Like they, they need to prove that to me. So I don't know. I, I don't know where you turn. I think Baylor going into Texas this week in that environment showed me a lot. Um, and now it's hard to repeat. But I, I think what Baylor just did was kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, um, so I, I, I like them again. But, no, I, the March is, as John Rothstein likes to say, it's March. Yes, sir. March. And so I just never quite know what's going to happen. It will be fun, and it will culminate here in New Orleans. Make sure you come on down. Oh, nice. Final Four is here. Yeah. Corey, how was your first, I guess, Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday and all that? Did you, did you get all up in that last week? Yeah, I was able to do a little bit of it. Like last Friday, I went out and caught my first true parade. I'd been to one a few weeks ago, but this was kind of the first one at the real heart of Carnival. Um, it was both what I anticipated it would be, and it was still was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. It, it is, it's hard to really put into words what a Mardi Gras parade is. It's, it's, it's a lot of costume people throwing stuff around, but it, it was really just a great kind of celebration of people getting together. And you hear so much about the, the French quarter element of it and how it's just rampant drunkenness and whatnot. Well, I, I, I stayed away from that. I'm too old for that. But, but where, where the parades really go, where kind of the true New Orleans Mardi Gras is, is, is an uptown near Tulane's campus. And it's just families hanging out and enjoying time and cooking out. And it's, just, it's like a huge tailgate only a lot more just a true celebration. This was two years in the making. You kind of feel the city kind of let loose a little yeah. bit after being bottled up for the last two years. It was, it was a treat. I didn't do anything Fat Tuesday. We had baseball up at southeastern Louisiana, and I'm continuing to battle this cold here. Um, but it was uh, it was a real, real fun time. It was great to finally be a part of it. You know, Corey, for me, uh, you know what I call Fat Tuesday? Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, you and me both, bud. A little self-deprecation there. Uh, Corey Glore, what was I going to ask you? Oh, yeah, big weekend of baseball here in Greenville, Corey. Keith LeClaire Classic, and then down there, Mississippi State. So uh, I think the nation will uh, will have some eyeballs on the weekend series going on here and where you are. So should be a fun weekend. What's the uh, – sounds like Tulane's been scoring runs in bunches, Corey. So I know uh, folks are probably fired up to see the Bulldogs in town this weekend. Yeah, and and I think with the start Mississippi State has had, they're 5-4. and four. They have looked a little bit uninspiring at times. Their home opening weekend against Long Beach, they, they didn't look great. They got really knocked around by Southern Miss earlier on this week. Um, so I think the folks here see an opportunity to – jump into the polls if they can win this series and they're already starting to catch a little bit of attention with the winning the series at Louisiana Tech last week um, and they knew heading in that you know that series in Ruston and this series here were really massive opportunities to showcase what they think they had that their the question was always going to be pitching wise with this team they lost Three of their four from the starting rotation last year. They lost their closer all to the draft. They knew they were going to be able to score, and they've been able to do that. Whether or not they could find the bullets on the mound. And so far, they have. The bullpen has really impressed me. 
Um, they've found enough work in the starting rotation so far in the first two weeks of the year. Dylan Carmouche on Saturdays has been terrific. Um, and he's going to see his former team Saturday as a Mississippi State transfer. So um, that will be a fascinating little added element to this weekend. I think if they can walk out of this series with a series win, you're going to see Tulane ranked, um, and you're going to start seeing a little bit more momentum surrounding this program as we head into March. They have a ton of home games in March clip before the conference season begins, uh, and so they think they got a real opportunity here if they can get through this weekend. Um, to make a, a lot of noise before conference play begins. Yeah, great start. Big weekend for Tulane baseball. Same here with East Carolina as the Pirates uh, trying to get a winning record after a slow start, but two straight wins, Corey, over North Carolina and Duke. You know how good that feels to Cliff Godwin, the players, and the Pirate faithful. We'll be uh, visiting Corey Glore coming up April 22nd through the 24th, East Carolina at Tulane next month in AAC action. Corey, thanks for your time today, man. Uh, have uh, a great call today, tomorrow, and then Sunday on the hardwood. And keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Cliff, thank you. I hope you are also visiting me at the end of April when ECU baseball comes down here. If you're not, I'll be sad. Uh, and, and enjoy this weekend. This was always one of my favorite weekends on the calendar, the Keith the yeah. Classic for for many, many weekends. And you got a great field coming in for that ballpark this weekend, too. So enjoy it. Hope the weather is nice. Uh, and I'll catch you down the road. Corey Glore, you're the best. Thanks, Corey, for joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, hello, by the way. Hey, you're welcome. I'm not off the phone yet, by the way. You're still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, you can hang out now. Uh, no, I'm good. All right. I, I actually miss ECU. Okay, thanks, Corey. All right, bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Hello. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, uh, Shirley Rhodes, let's open up oh. the booty bag. Oh. Head fake. Screw that bumper. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, let's make somebody a winner. A big giveaway today because it is free beer Friday. Bud Light next yes. is on the line as well as a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Zero Car Beer is here, and it can be yours if you're caller number 12 must be 21 or over. Caller 12 must be 21 or over. 317-1250. We're back with more Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to John Moody. He was our big winner for Free Beer Friday. He walks away with a 12-pack of Bud Light next. And a large two-topping pizza at Domino's. Zero Carbs Beer is here introducing Bud Light Next. Super crisp and refreshing light beer brewed for what's next. Look for Bud Light Next at your favorite retailer today. Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989 and the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Pirates in a little bit of trouble here in the top of the fourth inning. One out, runners on second and third, and Indiana State has just tied the game. 
at two apiece. Jake Kuchmaner leaves the game and uh, ran into a little bit of trouble. Still mad about it. Now he is out. That was a uh, just a high chopper back to the mound. And the pitcher gets the out at first when a run scores. And now we've got a ground ball to second, which is going to score another run. But the Pirates are able to get the lead out. Uh, it the should lead be just Todd. Yeah. Uh, dude, he was like three Man. feet from home plate. All he had to do was toss it to Newton. Would have been bang, bang. All right, softball, Shirley. Would have been bang, just bang. Just saying it's a smart play. Don't go to first. You're throwing farther from, from you, where your position is to first than you were if you just tossed it to home plate. But the runner was a lot closer to home than the runner was to first. Yeah, and if you if you take that risk and throw home and you don't get that out, then you you don't get that out and you're still in a jam, which the Pirates, even thrown over the first, you still had guys at second and third. But. Uh-oh. That's not good either. Another base hit. So it's three to two, Indiana State. Oh no! With two outs in the fourth inning. Why'd you say oh no? I, I thought it got away there, but uh, uh, thankfully somebody was there to back it up. You always have to have a backup man. That's right. <clears throat> and hopefully Washington, the Commanders have a backup plan. Oh, because Ian Rappaport tweeting out just a few moments ago. How serious are the Commanders in their search for a quarterback? Sources say they made a strong offer to the Seahawks on Russell Wilson. It didn't go anywhere, but a sign that Washington is ready to deal. Uh, Ian Rappaport then says Washington has called essentially everywhere about finding a quarterback. Uh, Now this is starting to feel like when they don't get a quarterback, they can say, well, we tried. We did all we could. Sorry, folks. You're stuck with name that old veteran. We we found another McCown brother that's going to play in the league and play for us. So, I don't know. They might have to go the draft route if they're unable to find a veteran. But it looks like, according to Rappaport, again, this sounds like somebody's just somebody from the team is feeding this to them like, hey, put this out there so our fans get off our back that we're trying to find a starter. Um, and, and this stuff, too, Ian Rappaport, given what they have on the roster, they may be a quarterback away. And then in his next tweet, he says, 7-10 last year with a solid backup. A surefire starter changes everything for a team ready to compete. Is Rappaport working for the Washington Commanders now? Here's a good question. Has Ian Rappaport played a down of football in his life? Oh, Jeff Garcia. Got him. Well done. When's the last time he threw a pass? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good, Good question. Good night. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning. Good night. I like it. Period. End of discussion. Told Scott Rogers I like that strikeout call. What was it? Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Ooh, I like that. All right, so Washington's trying to get a quarterback. Good for you, commanders. Well, get, get one, you know? Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Mm. Is that a fair ball? No. If it is, we are in a lot of trouble. Runners on second and third, two outs in the fourth inning. Indiana State has scored two in the frame. And taking a three to two lead over East Carolina. I guess you can strike out Carter Spivey off the list of potential starters on Sunday. He is now in the game for the Pirates. Um, but trying to get out of this jam, East Carolina uh, coach, his day is done. He got into a little bit of a uh, situation there. So Spivey trying to limit the damage here. But Pirates now find themselves down a run after being, getting up two to nothing early in this game. I'm trying not to look at Shirley for her spoilers. And a ground ball to short, and they're out of the inning. All right, good deal. 
So uh, Pirates trail it three to two as we head to the bottom of the fourth. Stephen Igo tweets out: ECU has to get more than four innings from a Friday starter this season. Uh, Cooch Maynard looked good early. Some quality hitting by Indiana State and an error has ended his day. So Igo's point, and we talked about the Friday struggles going into this weekend. East Carolina has been basically blown out of both Friday games uh, so far this year. And part of that is uh, the pitching, not going deep into games and having to rely on the bullpen. And obviously, you don't want to have to use up your golden bullpen arms on Friday. But Carter Spivey went, what, four-plus against North Carolina last Sunday? Oh, uh, Sunday. Yeah, had a great outing so against if, the Tar Heels. If he's going all right, they could probably extend him on into, you know, maybe the seventh, six, hopefully seventh. through six. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. So. All right, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Some other scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Right now, you've got East Tennessee State trailing the Citadel uh, 39-36 to in the fir- first round of the SoCon tournament. So a three-point lead uh, right now for the Citadel. Loyola Chicago knocked off Bradley 66-50 to in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Also earlier today in the Valley, it was 78-65 Northern Iowa winners over Illinois State. Longwood, the top seed in the Big South, beat North Carolina A&T in overtime earlier today, 79-65. Some games going on later. Big South at 6 o'clock. High Point versus Winthrop. Missouri Valley later tonight. Valpo versus Missouri State. Also in the SoCon tonight, Western Carolina and Mercer. And how about Campbell Gardner-Webb? Nice uh, in-state matchup tonight. Tim Kraft and his Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs taking on the Fighting Haymires of Campbell. That is tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Also the Ohio Valley Tournament uh, going on tonight. Missouri, uh, excuse me, Murray State, a big favorite over Southeast Missouri State. And the West Coast Conference Tournament uh has a couple of games tonight loyola marymount versus byu and san diego versus portland also belmont moorhead state that's a really good game tonight in the semifinal between those two teams uh two 20 win teams there 10 30 on espnu what a night of hoops we have coming your way late night hoops tonight and the bonnies will play on espn2 as uh they took a step back earlier this week with a loss to vcu They'll try to win at home tonight against Richmond. Have you donned the uh, new Bonnie shirt, courtesy no. of Robert Matthews? I have not. In fact, I'll probably, I'll definitely break that out for the A-10 tournament next week. Maybe they'll play on Thursday, and I can go ECU, uh, Pirate Radio shirt, whatever, for the basketball game. Take that off. Have the Bonnies underneath. And uh, just... I was hoping it'd be bare skin. Well, Chandler, you can't always get what you want, son. You can't always do Oh, speaking of that, I watched a movie last night I had never heard of, did not know existed. I saw you tweet about this. I went to, uh, I like to go to Reddit, and I went to, like, either their movies page or the movie suggestions, because, like, they'll come up with stuff that I've never heard of, and I'm looking for new stuff to watch. And I saw Fallen. It was a 1998 movie. Amazing cast. With Denzel Washington? Denzel. John Goodman? John Goodman. Donald Sutherland, James Gandolfini. Underrated. (laughs) And it wasn't the best movie, but it had a very interesting premise. You're probably not going to watch it, are you? And it's on where, I'm sorry? I watched it on Stars. Mm. 
But anyway, if I could find it somewhere in a, on a streaming, it's app. 1998. I'm not. If I, I can spoil I it now, yeah, it's too, it's no spoilers alert. I mean, come on. So like, there's some kind of demon force type thing, but it's transferred by touch. So now you're the demon, and now you're either going to kill somebody or touch somebody and transfer it to somebody else well if if nobody knew i can just be like uh i want to shake your hand i want to shake your hand this is not good i want to shake his hand 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 so it all started with this guy being executed and he he's singing time is on my side by the rolling stones and the scene where Denzel finally figures out what's going on, it somehow got to somebody inside the police station. And this, and James Gandolfini saying, time is on my side. And Denzel's like, wait, that's the song. Something's wrong with him. And then he runs into a guy. And then that guy sings the next line of the song. And Denzel's eyes are like going around. And then they keep passing it on. And everybody's singing. A, and it's that's really, creepy. it's a creepy scene. That is very creepy. And they're all singing the Rolling Stones song. And uh, I thought, again, not a great movie. I'm just more fascinated that a movie with that many stars happened that I wasn't aware of. Because I feel like I'm at least aware of all the movies out there. But yeah. Maybe not. I see what you mean. Uh, that was a cool, neat story, wouldn't you Cool. Say? Neat story. That got us through the uh, timeout and one Cool. Out. Neat story. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Uh, one out in the bottom of the fourth for the Pirates uh speaking of jeff charles yeah on the way to wichita today i think he already made the trip he's uh pulling a white stripes going to wichita jesus what that wasn't bad thank you uh (laughs) i mean that's exactly what whether it's good or bad i'm always gonna go oh you're always gonna shake your head a little bit and i just have to do it i can't stop myself i mean it's a sickness just can't help it it's a sickness i tell you let's get to pumping (laughs) all right that's my new that's kind of like a reset when you hear that we just kind of reset let's get to pumping yeah and we'll talk about something else josh moylan up three two count pirates trailing three to two need some base runners in the fourth inning Need some ducks on those ponds. Why did I say Josh Moylan? Because that is not him. That's that is Carter, Carter Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Guess what, Chandler? We got a base runner. Sweet. Ball four. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We will continue to let you know what's going on here uh, at Clark McClare Stadium and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. We're back with you after this. of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report for today. The Dow fell 179 points and closed at 33,614. 
NASDAQ was down 224 at 13,313, and the S&P dropped 34 points and closed out the week at 4,328. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Wow. <laughs> you always hear, Lucky. run it out. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You Run it out. You hit a fly ball. Uh, East Carolina hit a routine fly ball to center field. It is dropped. Did the was that the shortstop trying to go back on it? It was the shortstop trying to go back on it. I think it was a communication error too. Um, center fielder finally comes in and I guess mis- misread the. So that was the center fielder. It was the center okay. fielder, and the ball goes over his head. You could see him get under it, and then all of a sudden he reaches back. The ball lands on the turf, and the Pirates tie it up thanks to that costly error by Indiana State. What a uh, yeah! What a lucky play for the pirates there as indiana state was about to get out of the inning instead two outs one on in the bottom of the fourth and we are tied at clark mcclair stadium so we will take it thank you very much plenty of baseball left too just in the bottom of the fourth and uh the fourth continues after that error and a man on first for the for the pirates i'm not sure how i feel about indiana state's hat i love a a tri-colored hat with the uh black backing white front panel and then a blue bill i don't know how i feel about the i and the s as there's another fly ball you think he'll drop this one no (laughs) hates the catch i look nervous though (laughs) he did to end the inning so uh pirates tied up as we head to the fifth over at clark mcclair stadium three to three two errors for the pirates and then that one there for indiana state and that one for indiana state cost them a state state what is a sycamore? Is it a bird? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shirley, are you paying attention to us? What, please a, get in here. What's a sycamore? No, no. Please, please get in here. You want me to come it, it, in there? No, no. Just, I want you to listen. What, to, did you hear Chandler's question? What is a sycamore? A sycamore is a tree. A tree. A sycamore. A sycamore tree. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> I've heard of that. This is when people say Chandler is Dude. doing a bit. I've heard of that. I didn't know if it was a tree. No. Did, oh, you missed when he said, is it a bird? I, but See, I thought it was a bird, but, but they, they sit in that tree. They, <laughs> they, the, bird, the bird sits in a sycamore tree. Lordy, lordy, lordy. Every day. You are. Uh, you're, you're, you're. How are your grades? I mean, you're a pretty smart guy, right? I'm a dumbass. <laughs> that's what you're asking. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Yes, yeah. Dumbass? I'm, well. <laughs> No, I was in Beta Club. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I got a joke, but I can't say it. What is it? I can't say it. Oh, I I was in Beta Club. I was in the National Honor Society, and uh, God. Why don't we pull up Wikipedia for the word sycamore? How about that? Let's see. You know what? If it's a bird, Chandler, I'm gonna give you a lot of credit. It's not. It's not. Sycamore a bird. It's a tr- is a name which it has been applied to several types of trees. It's a Baptist church. <laughs> <laughs> sycamore school. They, um, they do have a sycamore school. Yes. We had to do the leaf uh, project in school. That was our, like a huge project. We had to go collect all these different kinds of leaves and put them in a book and horticulture. Horticulture. Uh, yeah. I knew that the class for plants was horticulture. That's pretty good. I, I, and I'm I'm back. Yeah. Like, I'm back. Like, I feel like I'm a smart guy. Yeah. 
But after asking that and the see, I could ask that and someone said, "Oh, it's it's a tree." But I ask you, <laughs> Charlie, get in here. This dumbass. Chandler, no, nah, don't don't do that. That was a dumb question. <laughs> and the fact you said, "Is it a bird?" Like the majestic sycamore flying through the skies. Doesn't sycamore kind of sound like a bird? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, you got the cardinal, you got an eagle, you got the oriole, and you got a sycamore. The flight of the sycamore. All right, so we've got that under uh, under wraps now. It is three to three, Man. top of the fifth. Is that that is not Carter Spivey? Is that Garrett Saylor? It is Garrett Saylor. Okay. Ah, oh, he shaved off the uh, chin hair and has gone just mustache the only way you can tell the players now as i saw the 36 on his sleeve and said that is not spivey that is garrett sailor i i do i love the vests um mm. i've always been a vest guy did uh, y'all have them in high school uh i did there was one time where we wore vests and that was very cool for me and very special a special time in my life and uh, I do remember, like, the Ryan Wood days, mm-hmm. the Henderson, I uh, can't remember his name. He did wear number 23. They wore vests back in the day for ECU, uh, and I used to love those those uh, those uniforms. So I, I really like these these uniforms, too. And I like the Curse of Pirates, too, on the front. So, uh, But uh, the undershirt's pretty cool with their number on the side, so you can identify the player. Well, right now, I'm, uh, obviously, I'm watching the game, but I'm also kind of checking out, you know, mm. mustaches that have been in full form. Of yeah. course, C.J. Mayhew, the reigning champion for Mustache March last year. Um, but I have to say that uh, Jacob Jenkins Coward. Coward has a pretty bitchin' stash going on right now. <laughs> Did you so, hear that, Chandler? A bitchin' stash. Yeah, Can we say that on the air? I don't know. Shirley yeah, said it. Yeah. Shirley said it. It goes. Let's see how. <laughs> well, I, I am. I am excited to see how Sailor performs uh, back in his natural habitat, coming out of the bull bullpen. So his natural habitat, kind of like a sycamore in the forest. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he just gave up a base hit there, Habitat Man. Uh, Robert asking, "How do I like Cal Irvine's hats?" I had to look at him. Yeah, a lot going on there. I, definitely don't like that one i don't um, i don't think i like it too many letters uh the uh banana slugs do they have a hat sure i haven't i don't think i've I've seen like t-shirts but i don't think i've ever seen their uh their hats yeah now are you talking about savannah bananas or no 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 i'm talking about the banana slugs it's it's a california team right yeah it's a california team. you see santa cruz santa cruz that's it banana slugs hat uh, let me see if I can. Now I don't see like their baseball hat, but I see other ones with the logo on it. Okay, they may not. That is a pretty cool one, Charlie. It's like the old school where it's got it in cursive. It says yeah. banana slugs. Banana and under slugs. It says, I like see it. Santa I Cruz. like it. That's I like cool. it. That's old school. I like that. All right, we got to get our final break in. Let's do that when we return. We'll wrap up this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll be back with you after Chandler says something. Fly like a sycamore. like a sycamore. It's a tree. Fly like a sycamore. We'll be right back right after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, getting ready to wrap up Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for tuning in today. Fun day on a free beer Friday with the Bud Light next. Thanks to... uh, Wings over Greenville for some awesome food, too. Yes. Uh, by the way, I got a text from Troy, a picture. And for those that don't know Troy, clip, he has twin boys. He had one of them here in the studio a while ago, Bryce. He he enjoyed the Wings over, but his other son, Tyler, is a big wing fan. And uh, I told him to give me a review from Tyler of the Tinder sandwiches. And I got a uh, picture from Troy, and Tyler approves. It is Tyler Dreyfus approved. So uh, a thumbs up to Wings Over all around here at the studio. Wings Over Greenville. They deliver. They deliver. They deliver. Pirates and Sycamores tied at three. Big strikeout by Garrett Saylor. Two outs, man on second. Still have a tight ball game. Charlie Rhodes, we'll see you Monday, 3 o'clock. Great work as always. Chan Man, we'll see you as well got the high school huddle with morgan aylers coming up next right here on pirate radio we'll talk to you monday at three have a great sports weekend so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation